What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Well, we got a lot going on in today's show. We're going to talk about uh, the Goldman Sachs' top picks for the year. We're going to talk about real estate. I'm excited for that. If you are, um, well, if you're bullish or bearish real estate, we're going to have a, a guest who's going to try to convince you to be bullish real estate this year. Al Lord, he'll be our first guest on the show today. He'll be on at around 12, 15 Eastern time. He is the founder of Lexard Capital Management, a REIT focused uh, investment firm. So we're going to talk about real estate with Al Lord at 1215. We're talking Weijo. Did you guys see the news in Weijo from uh, yesterday after the close? Weijo and Microsoft partnering up. We're going to talk to both of them. We're, we're going to talk to Weijo and their CEO, Richard Barlow. And we're going to talk with John Stenlake, who is the uh, Director of Vehicle Innovation and Mobility at Microsoft, all about this deal, uh, what it means going forward. That'll be at 1230 today, so an hour from now. We're talking options with Nick Shaheen at 1 o'clock, and we're talking with Jesse Kaler from Elite Trading at 1.30. In between all of that, we, of course, have news. We got movers. We got the chat. What's going on, Donkey Dave? What's going on, Chase? How we doing? Um, let, let, let's get this show on the road here, and let's get, let's get this show started and uh, run my intro. I can find it. This is Ben Zinga Live. Spencer Israel and producer A.B. What's up, everybody? How are we doing? Someone told me buy high, sell higher. So. Let's get Matt Hammond on the show. Talk to my POs. Jake Wajasek from Trend Spider. We have a. Okay, I am back myself and uh, Mr. Costanza behind me. What's going on, everyone? How are we doing? How is, the, how is the day treating you guys so far? What's up, Robert? Why's up? Stuck in 1999? I love it. Um, Markets, mar- markets are okay. Yes, markets mixed. This is what we say. Uh, this is this is like what they say on days like today. Markets are quote mixed, right? Uh, you got the S and P down a little bit. You got the Dow up a little bit, right? You got the Nasdaq. Tech is 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 weak again. Um, so there's that. Uh, but a decent amount of green littered across the screen, right? It's kind of the same story as yesterday, just not quite as pronounced right yesterday we we saw like value was really strong and some growth tech was really weak today it's like it's not quite that bad it 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 seems like but uh banks are still strong uh utilities energy industrials um defensive still strong um and a lot of tech frankly not uh strong again so continuation right curious what you guys are seeing what's up matt master of stonks kyle Chris, um, let me catch up on the chat there. Uh, Matt Miller, I have not checked that. I haven't looked at Ford in, in, in two hours. So let's look at Ford in a second. Um, no, Chris, that's, that's not a joke on Jason. It's just we have these card. We, we have these wood. They're not even cardboard. They're wooden cutouts of all the main cast of Seinfeld. I don't know why we have them, but we do. So, um, you know. Why not? I like George. He's my favorite character. What's up, Shelly? How are we doing? Uh, so here, let's do this. Let's start the show off with a real quick crypto update. 
And then I want to go uh, into the, the the stocks and stuff like that. But um, and then Aaron Bree is going to join us probably in the next ten or so minutes. I or so I've been told. But that being said, let's start the show off today with a real fast. Uh, what's what's up? Missed you too, planted. Missed you too. All right. Still mixed, right? Same story uh, as this morning. Nothing has really changed here. Um, I, I guess you can say Bitcoin, ETH, and Binance Coin have have recovered slightly. Uh, they're not down as much as they were uh, this morning, but still down. Solano is your leader um, on the downside today among your biggest coins, down 1.7%. Um, nothing really changed as far as crypto uh, coins that are up, right? Chainlink, Uniswap. Um, wait a minute. Where's my mouse? There we go. Uh, Algorand and uh, Polkadot are your uh, four uh, coins in the green today amongst your top, what is this, like top 15 largest coins, uh, top 20. So, um, yep, no real change. I, I'm i sticking with my plan, which is just consistently dollar cost average into Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, I, I, I could be talked into taking a flyer on a different coin i i don't know what that coin would be i think i'm not the kind of person that wants to have like 10 coins um but i've got the three i could get talked into another one if someone wants to talk me into one i'm i'm open to it my mind is open um so is my wallet but uh yeah that's where we stand today if you want some free bitcoin it's very easy to get a free bitcoin folks all you have to do is download the voyager app enter the offer code on the screen zing Z-I-N-G, fund your account with 100 bucks, make one trade, and then they will send you free Bitcoin worth $50, 50 US dollars, that is. Um, all right, that was fun. Uh, I'm going to pull up um, the the Benzinger Pro, and we're going to look at stocks because we know that that's where the fun is. Oh, Shelly, I, I, I heard about Scamcoin. Wait, did you guys hear about that... Um, that that Shiba was it a Shiba knockoff? Oh no, what was it yesterday? It was um it wasn't a Shiba knockoff. It was hold on. It was up two hundred percent yesterday. I'm gonna pull up the article on Benzinga. Uh yeah, Shiba dollars. You guys hear about Shiba dollars? Up two hundred percent yesterday? I don't know. Does anyone know how to make a new uh like their own crypto? Because that seems to be like the easiest way to get rich. Like, just make it crypto, have it go up a thousand percent in a week, sell all of it, and that's that. I don't know. Um, yeah, Zincoin exists. The, the whole idea of Zincoin, Shelly, is that like, there is going to be a, a purpose, a, a functionality for that coin, right? It's going to serve as an incentive uh, for, for example, liking the stream on YouTube, right? Um, but it's not fully fleshed out yet. We're, we're still working on it. That's a goal for uh, 2022 um, is Zincoin. And if you want to get your Zincoin, I'm going to put the link in the chat where you can get Zincoin. Really? It's it's Benzinga.com slash Zing. That's the link. Benz- I'll put it in the chat right now. Benzinga.com slash Zing. You want some Zincoin? There it is. What does it do? Well, right now, nothing. But it will do things. That's that's kind of the point. Project project still being developed. 
Um, okay, let's go over to the stocks. Here's my Benzinga Pro. I've got AMD up there. I'm not really sure why. Let's get that. Let's go to the, the, the scanner. And we look at what's up, what's down from the open on the left side of the screen, on the right side of the screen, what's up, what's down in the last five minutes. Um, how is Beyond Meat doing today? I don't, I don't see Beyond Meat at the top of my uh, gainers from the open. That's a red flag. He kind of had a feeling. Let's pull up that Beyond Meat chart. He kind of had a feeling that Beyond Meat was going to be, um, that they were going to fade that move. Let's see. Yeah, they're fading the Beyond Meat move. Look, we say this all the time, right? Stocks that are in uptrends, when they dip, those dips can be good buying opportunities. Stocks that are in downtrends, when they rip, those rips can be good selling opportunities. And that's what you have overnight um, slash this morning in Beyond Meat. You had a rip in a stock that is in a downtrend. Every single rip in Beyond Meat has been a rip to sell in in the last year. In the last year. Let's pull up a weekly. It was the all-time high a year ago. No, it was not. It's a year and a half ago. There were two and a half years ago. Um, but every, the stock has been in a pronounced downtrend for a year now. So, I mean, that's it, it's very simple, but that's that's how these things that tend to tend to tend to behave, right? Good news, good headline, right? Beyond Meat Products in KFC is nationwide, but the the, the the headline is one thing, and the stock is something different. Stock is in a downtrend. Let's look at Ford here. Is Ford at twenty five yet? No, it is not. It's darn close. Wow. That trade is still going. This really is wild. I, I, I'm, I'm bewildered by the whole thing. Let's look at Ford. Let's look at GM together. Let's look at Toyota together with it. Um, and then let's look at Stella. <laughs> look at the automakers this year in the, in the last three days. Look at those moves. Pretty impressive stuff. I mean, if you wanted to chase it, like we always say, don't chase. If you wanted to chase it, you would have to, like, you can buy any of these whenever, wherever you want, obviously. Um, but I would, I would be, I would be judicious with my stops, be them, you know, mental or otherwise. Um, cause you don't want to get caught, you know, catching this thing 2% off its high and then watching it go down five, five, ten percent in your face. Um, but this is a strong move. There, there's no reason to there's no reason to short this stuff now, right? If you like let's say you want to like come in and be the hero and short forward. Well, you could. I guess theoretically you could stop yourself out at like um oh my God. I don't know. I don't know where you 20 I don't know where you'd stop yourself at. You you would stop yourself out at whatever your maximum um loss limit is right if it's a percent like 10 20 percent i don't know whatever you have it's always a good idea to have some idea of like whatever the most amount of money is that you're willing to lose on a trade um so if it's 10 percent, you stop yourself out at 10 percent higher I don't, I don't know i don't know how you short this though right like will it stop going up um a dollar a day eventually yeah but uh, yeah who's to say when I don't know. 
25 seems like 25 is like a nice round number. It seems psychological. It seems, I don't know. What a monster. What a monster. Mitch shorted Ford. Yeah, Matt. That that that, that seems that seems like a, a reasonable, reasonable place to make a stand. Um did, did Mitch short Ford? That's all right. I I was not uh watching when he did that. I hope he's okay. I hope he made some money or he's okay. Um, Duncan, Dave. Yeah, it's an interesting, I I, I don't know. Like the the idea behind four, like this idea, we talked about this months ago, right? The idea is like, if you want to buy a quote unquote EV stock, why not buy the companies that already make cars, right? Um, wouldn't in, in theory, wouldn't Ford GM, wouldn't they be the leaders in, in EV production if they already if they're already good at making cars? And it, it and it is affordable, right? The stock is affordable. Ford was, you know, ten dollars or whatever five four months ago, right? So the stock is affordable. Tesla's not affordable for a lot of people, right? I mean, how, how many people do you know that that are buying a hundred shares of Tesla? It's just not a thing that most people can do. But you can buy 100 shares of Ford, you know? It's less affordable now, but it's still pretty affordable. So so that was one, like, reason, Duncan Dave. And I, so I, I'm with you on that. Um, Just in terms of just affordability. Out of curiosity, what, what is Ford's PE right now? Ford PE of 11? Really? Wow. It's still so cheap. It is still so cheap. The 4P of the S&P 500 is uh, 24, I think. Anything below that is cheap right now. Uh, sorry, I'm just catching up here. Good. Mitch, Mitch closed out his short. Nice. Nice. Good job, Mitch. Shorting rocket ships ain't easy, but if you make them... Look, he must have played it right off the open. Right there. Good for him. Nice trade. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm just playing catch-up in chat. Without my co-pilot here, it's a little bit more difficult to talk and read the chat at the same time. Uh, okay. Cool. Nothing crazy. Um, but yeah, drop your tickers in there, and I'll do my best to keep an eye on that throughout the show today. And... We will take a look at stocks you want to look at. Uh, Meow, Baba to the Moon. I don't know about that. Again, stocks and downtrends. What a move. See, see, this is where sometimes like the stock market feels really stupid because this feels like the kind of like this move off the open is the kind of move that suggests that it, the stock is moving off of a news headline. Now, we know what the news headline was, right? It was out yesterday. That big old Greek candle from yesterday. Charlie Munger doubling the stake. That's what that was. So it, it feels like it moved twice off of the same news. What do we just say about Beyond Meat? Stocks and downtrends, when they rip, they can be good shorting opportunities. Um, I don't know what 
what the puts are like in Alibaba. Um, but let's see if we can find. A, if you want to go short here, let's see if we can find a level where you would stop yourself out, right? As a loser. Um, what are we? We're at one twenty-five now. I could see like one thirty. You short it with a stop at one thirty. Call it a day. That's not the worst idea. <laughs> if you're buying Baba now, I think you're maybe you're doing you're doing it backwards, right? He's just gonna walk in front of the camera. Just, just walk in front of the camera. Um, I don't know if you can buy Alibaba right now, honestly. Like for for a swing trade, like on the long side, I really don't know. What up, Spencer? Is Aaron's mic on? Aaron's mic on. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, I hear. Can you. I just yell into your mic? What's up? How are we doing? I'm good. How are you? What have we talked about so far today? We talked a little bit of crypto. We talked a little bit of Ford, Beyond Meat, and Alibaba. All right. Well, now that I'm here, let's get to the itinerary. What's up, everyone? Happy Hump Day, Wednesday. Why does it look so dark behind us? Is it dark outside? Yeah, it's dark outside. It's gloomy. Um, Michigan is really, Detroit's really gloomy in the winter. The sun never comes out. Yeah, isn't there a word? The, the grit? It's like, I don't know, some word. The sun like, does not shine here for like four months out of the year, which is ridiculous. But anyway. Spencer, Spencer, Spencer. I've got uh, some good news for me, some bad news for you. Okay. Palantir? No, no. Whatever happened? Did you stop your trade on Palantir? Yeah. F- you, Shelly, this is all your fault. E- Shelly was in the chat like, just e- sell, Spencer. Just sell. Just sell. Always Shelly's fault. Just right. sell. Yesterday we were talking about Abbott. Abbott up about a percent today. Look at those options, baby. Up forty percent in one oh, day. Nice. Good for you, man. Hope someone got into those calls with me again. The thesis there was. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. People are buying rapid tests. I'm going to buy the stock of the company that makes the rapid tests. No need to overthink it. Are you going to sell? I mean, I don't know. I'm only up 46 bucks on it. So <laughs> okay. I might as well um, keep them in the in the off chance that Abbott really goes crazy. And then and then they'll go up a little bit more. And then I'll buy us lunch right. or something. Shelly, I'm, Actually, I'm, you'll buy me lunch because we made a lunch bet. Yeah, we did. Well, Shelly, remind us what was the lunch bet again? And Shelly, I'm just playing. Obviously, I own my own decisions here. Uh, and I, I will feel I feel justified in Palantir when the stock um, inevitably falls below 1775 in the next hour or so. But um, yeah. I, I own my own decisions. <laughs> so I think she made maybe you probably didn't make the right call. You probably saved me a nickel. I don't know, Shelly. I I'll, I'll feel ju- I feel I feel justified in like an hour. Uh, where was where was the bet? The bet was one, um, forty to one twenty. I think right. One forty, you win. I don't know. It was Shelly's. It was one forty. Job. It was one forty. Uh, got us in the chat. Forty up. Uh, Bree wins. Yeah. So, all right, come on, Abbott. We need another. But it's not till next, like Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Well, we said that we we said that was the the end. Yeah. Abbott, Abbott, Abbott. People are buying the rapid tests. I'm buying the stock. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Can can we get any um any uh I don't know air horns? Do it. All right. I don't know what I did. Just Uh, do it. You did the Shia LaBeouf. Let's do it. All right, I, all right, Make so Spencer, I've got a couple things I want to talk about. So let's start with this story. It. It's been widely reported. It's being called the Great Resignation. Yep. So in November, four and a half million workers quit their jobs. That was up from 4.2 million in October. 
Uh, mm-hmm. That was from the Bureau of the Labor, the Bureau of Labor of Statistics, Department right? Department of Labor, the BLS, Something the Bureau like of Labor Statistics. Yeah. Anyway, um, most of the workers, most departing workers, came from the accommodation and food services industry. So it's hospitalizations, you know, uh, restaurants, hotels, stuff like that. Hospital? Like, you mean hospitality? Hospitality. What did I say? Hospitalizations. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing all this COVID Hosp- research. Hospitality. Hospitalization. Yeah. Restaurant, restaurants and hotels. All right. Someone. Forgive me. Shout out Ruel in the chat. Ruel, go follow Ruel or subscribe to Ruel on YouTube if, if you don't already. He's got good. good what, cri- what up, Ruel? How are we doing? Good crypto content there. Anyway, healthcare sector after uh, hospitality, not hospitalization. The healthcare sector was the second. Was the second. Saw fifty-two thousand more quits in November than October. So that's telling us that nurses, nurse practitioners, PAs, doctors. Uh, just hospital workers in general, more of them quit in November than October. Did you see what the Mayo Clinic did yesterday? The Mayo Clinic officially fired the the 1% of their staff who didn't get vaccinated. So that's 700 people or so. Yeah, and honestly, like um, that's totally like businesses have the right to to do that, to do what they please, First Amendment, all right. that. But it is surprising that in this like day and age, not day and age, but right now when we're dealing with this uh, shortage of healthcare workers that they feel well adequate that they, they feel adequately staffed enough that they're able to lay off and one percent is not a huge percentage yeah, of the it's workforce. one, one percent but yeah but... and that was a that was like a big talking point for people that were against uh businesses implementing these vax mandates is they yeah. were like oh you know they're gonna lose so many workers that refuse to do it but what happened is it, it was a very 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 small percentage of workers that actually ended up refusing to get the vaccine and then left their job yeah um at, at benzinga we had we had almost no we basically didn't have any sort of um vaccine or um stay-at-home policy at all until somebody decided to come into the office with covid and that's somebody, <coughs> that's, that somebody may have been me spencer may have been me but anyway um, moving on moving on either way this is a trend that we'll have to you know, keep watching. Remember the report that came out a couple months ago, Spencer, where, where people were saying, oh, 4% of people quit their job because they made enough money on crypto. Yeah. You know, I don't know. There be, there's a lot of reasons for people uh, to get up and leave their job. So again, we'll just have to follow this story, see how things progress. Um, it is a tight labor market out there. So for people that leave their job that will then be looking for a new job, I'm sure a lot of them will be hired very quickly considering the, the tight labor market. Um but yeah, I mean, again, we're always looking at these economic numbers. One that, that is very important are the the new jobs and unemployment that's reported each month. So right. So today, it's funny that that we got this data. I mean, it's lagging, right? Because the data, the data is from November. Um, but this morning, we had ADP payrolls, where private payrolls, how many jobs were added um, across uh, ADP's survey? Right. ADP is the the payroll company, and they they do this. Uh, they they, they do these surveys um, every every week or every month? I don't even know anymore. Um, anyway, uh, it was a huge beat. They, there was like eight hundred thousand jobs, uh, private jobs added um, versus like a three hundred and seventy thousand estimate. So like way more job, way more new jobs added uh, or jobs gained um, uh, from ADP survey last month than expected. So um, that can be an indicator for Friday, which is of course the 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 employment situation summary the actual jobs number that that's probably most important um how many jobs overall were added uh last month um what is the unemployment rate 
that sort of thing that, that'll come out on friday um but it's just interesting that you have this um trend where you know on the one hand november for what was it four and a half million people quit their jobs and on the other hand in um uh, uh in in december according to adp eight million new jobs added so um pretty pretty uh pretty crazy dichotomy there labor market is always a is always a, a funky thing it's doing weird stuff right now but uh I, i'd be curious in the chat you want to like drop a one if you have um left your job in the last year uh for one reason or another put a two if you've like thought about it i'm just curious put a three if you don't even have if you never had a job that's that's cool too that's where i'm at that's where uh, some days I some some days I do feel that feel that way. So How about yourself or myself, both of us. Okay, yeah. Anyway. Um, all right, moving on for, from the Great Resignation. So, uh, we got a report from Goldman Sachs that highlights twenty one stocks uh, that Goldman Sachs sees offering explosive sales growth and fat margins through not only this new year but through twenty twenty three. Um, so I went and delved into this report of twenty one stocks and pulled ten of them. Um, are, are these your 10 favorites of, of the Goldman Sachs's favorite or these are just 10 that you thought were interesting? These were 10 that I thought were interesting. Okay. Um, you know, we're not going to spend too much time talking about each one just because there's a lot, but I'm going to run through them real quick. And Spencer, if you want to pull up your Benzinga pro, you I can got pull you, up the man. chart wall. I, I do that. Some of these names are very, you know, big names like zoom, uh, Facebook or meta platforms and Nvidia are on the list, but some are kind of lesser known names. Like some, I'm not like, I've heard the names before, but we're, aren't too familiar with the stocks. Um, but let's just go through my 10. And Wait, then, so again, these are Goldman Sachs is what their picks for the year. They are stocks that they see companies that they see offering explosive sales growth and fat margins through 2023. So again, mm. not just through 2022, okay. but 2023. Okay. So Goldman is saying they're seeing, these are the companies that they're picking that are going to have good fundamental growth, but that does not have to translate to stock growth. But in any case, let's Correct. proceed. Let's proceed. All right. So I'm, I'm going to read the company and then also the expected consensus estimate for the 2023 profit margin. Okay. So that's what we're looking at. Like okay. you said, the fundamentals of, you know, the sales growth, profit margin, et cetera. First on the list, MP materials. <sighs> Look at that chart. 2023 estimated profit margin, 48%. Look at that chart on MP. Um, so yeah, you can see the strength there in MP. Goldman is essentially saying, again, like you said, Spencer, not just, uh, yeah, Voodoo, I hear you. They're not just call. They're not calling these stock buys. They're saying these companies are. are they're estimating them to have explosive growth and, and and high profit margins. So that's all we're talking about here. I'm not saying all these stocks. Yeah, are the, really the, well. these are names that Goldman likes fundamentally. They're not saying these necessarily the stocks have to outperform. But what that saying. tells me, Spencer, is that in a uh, kind of value dominant environment, if we get to that point, that these stocks will do well because they have strong fundamentals. In in that should that's how it's supposed to work in theory. In theory. In theory. In, theory. in practice, who the hell knows? But um, in theory, yeah, that's what they're saying. All right. So MP materials again. You can see the strength there on the chart. Goldman's essentially saying we they expect uh, MP to continue right. high profit margins. Moving Next. on, Mastercard. Mastercard. MC. Oh my gosh, MA. MA. Yeah. What I say? MC. I don't know. Who's the MC? Uh, is MC a, a ticker? No, I'm saying who's the MC? Like Ryan Seacrest was the MC of American Idol. Anyway, okay, bad, bad, joke. Joke. bad joke. Mastercard got 
taken out back the at the end of the the, the back half of last year. The stock has recovered though. Look at this recovery Mastercard. Wow. Have we we have we almost regained the all time high? The all time high was hit last summer. No, it was hit um, last April of three of four hundred one. We are within shouting distance of that now. We're three seventy seven. All right, we we've gone from what was the low a month ago. We've gone we, we've gone from three hundred six to three seventy seven in a month. Very nice run. Yeah, and one thing I do like about the uh, Mastercard right here is again, you, so you can see the the recent strength in the chart. But Mastercard and some of these other financial—I mean, Mastercard's a different stock than you know a big bank like Goldman or J.P. Morgan. But um, I think Mastercard and Visa and the other credit card stocks can benefit from a from a high inflation environment. Uh, and how how so? Um, because you're spending more money. So you're paying more interest. Inflation um, equals good for credit cards. All right. That yeah, can be all right. All right. Okay. Maybe I can see that. Maybe I can see that. All right. Moving on. Moving on. United Therapeutics Corp. What is the is that what is the ticker on that? United The ticker is USD? UT No, U T H R. U T H R. All right. Not one that not one that I know here. Yeah, this was one of those ones that I, I didn't really recognize on this list. Um but anyway, okay. Uh, they're expecting I, a, a 2023 even, profit margin of 42. percent I don't even know what they do, but all right. Probably something in therapeutics. Well, that, thanks. That was insightful. Yeah. See, D- Duncan Dave gets it. Rates will go up. Mastercard will increase interest. Okay. Okay. All right. Aspen Technology. Also, not one I'm super up to snuff. Yeah. A A Z P N. Alpha a- Zebra. Uh, Penelope. See, all right, this is why I love Benzinga Pro. I don't know what this company does. All I do is I go to the details, which I go to overview. Okay. Oh, look, they're a software play. Do we have more about the company? Oh, look, Aspen Technology is a leading global supplier of software solutions that optimize asset design operations and maintenance in complex industrial environments. Okay, so it's a SaaS. You had me at leading global supplier. Uh-huh. Bye, bye, bye. SaaS platform. All not right. For investment advice. AZPN. Uh, universal Display. OLED? OLED. Universal display. I've looked at OLED in a long time. Uh, Again, this is one that I think can do if, you know, we see the outflow out of growth into value, which we're currently seeing right now. um, This is one that I think's got strong fundamentals that can do well in that environment. Key thing here is Apple supplier. That's that's, that's all you need to know. All you need to know, Apple supplier. 2023 profit margin, 38%. Apple supplier. That's all I need to know. All right, moving on. Uh, we're we're getting a little outside of the value trend here and into some more growth. Okay. Nvidia. Ticker NVDA. Is it down today? It is down today. It's down with the rest of tech today. The rest of growth, but yeah. Uh, 2023 profit margin for Nvidia expected to be at 38 percent. So I don't know. I mean, I love this stock. This is one that's in my in my long term Roth IRA that I never plan on selling. Do I think it could? It's a little overextended here. Sure, maybe. Do I think it could go down in the short term? Yeah. Do I think it'll be higher uh, a year from now today? Yeah, I do. So you you could definitely convince me to be a buyer at whatever that is two seventy. All right. I know we're at two eighty five now, but at two seventy, yeah. Let's do it. I bet you. I bet you. You got some orders in the book at at two seventy. Hey, two- Rohan, can you do me a favor? Producer Ron, what's up? 
Can you uh, click the the little tweet thing up there so uh, I can see so the can chat? Read. Yeah, I got you. Thank you, sir. All right. I love that guy. What's All next? Right. Marvel Tech. Um, MRVL. Yeah, and this one this one is a uh, uh, kind of a retail retail investor favorite, or was at one point. Okay, I didn't know that. I think, right? I don't know. All right. Anyway, uh, profit margin expected in twenty twenty three, thirty five percent. Spencer, can you read us the the company description for uh, Marvel? Uh, I mean, it's a semi play, isn't it? That's what semiconductors. Let's, let's go to the overview page. Da, da, da. Come on, computer overview. That sounds right. Yeah, they... we got another semi play coming up too. Yeah, the chips. That's all. Can you guess the next semi play? AMD. Nope. Micron? Nope. Lattice? Yep. Really? Yep. Oh. 2023 profit margin expected uh, 34%. Uh, next on the list is Autodesk. ADSK? Yep. Okay. How's that stock doing? Oh, whoa. Whew. Okay. Wow, it's come back nicely from the lows of, of a month ago, but sheesh. I think I brutal. I, I remember when that when that 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 gap down happened. That was brutal. That yep. was that was a really tough week. Um, and the last one, the my my ten my tenth one of the ten that I pulled from the Goldman Sachs list is Monolithic Power System. Give me a ticker. All right, Monolithic. Oh, I got it. MP M Power, MPWR. All right, not one I'm familiar with. 2023 profit margin expected 31 percent. Um, so I'll drop these 10 tickers in the chat. Again, these are not, you know, stock picks per se from Goldman. These are just companies that they see um, as having explosive growth, sales growth, and good profit margins heading into uh, not just 2022, but 2023 as well. Um, all right. It is 12.05. So again, just to run through the the, the plan for the day, we're going to we're gonna talk real estate. Someone in the chat asked about real estate. We're talking to real estate with Al Lord in 10 minutes or so. Uh, Al is the uh, founder and CEO of Luxord Capital Management. So we'll hold off on that until then. At 12.30, we're going to be joined by Richard Barlow, the CEO of Wejo, talking about their partnership with Microsoft, the Wejo Neural Edge platform news that was announced uh, yesterday. Uh, we're talking options at 1 o'clock with Nick Shaheen, and we'll have Jason Kaler on at 1.30. Happy us- hump day! Woo! Okay, give us his trades. I don't know if y'all heard that, but that was Luke. That was Luke. Oh, I got word from Luke yesterday. because uh, uh, we asked for feedback um at the end of last year, and we got a lot a lot of people said we want more Luke. Luke told me that he has put time on his calendar now, basically every day to to try to make time for this show. I don't know if he'll come on every day, but he said he put standing time on at like noon to hang out with us for like five or 10 minutes. So uh, going forward, I hope Luke comes on more than he has been, uh, at least on a recurring basis. But he's a very hard person to to to, to track down because um, he's always he's always in meetings. But uh, we're going to we're going to get more Luke on the show. Uh, thank you to everyone, by the way, who who sent us feedback. We have all of it. We got a lot of great notes, some not so great notes, but mostly great notes um, about what you like, what you don't like. Uh, more Luke was a theme. Uh, more Neil was a theme as well. We'll do our best to get Neil back on. Um, we had a lot of good ideas for other shows we're not doing. So 
thanks to everyone who filled out the the survey that we threw that threw out last uh, uh, last week. Yeah, yes. everyone except for the person who said get rid of AB. We had one person say get rid of it, or maybe two, and we definitely had a few people say get rid of Spencer. So fine, we can do that. Those things can be arranged. Um, but in all seriousness, thank you to everyone who uh, who who uh, who played ball and participated. Uh, Voodoo, no, Raz did not get us some wing stop, but if you want him to send an email to jason at benzinga.com and say hey the guy the office needs wing stop that was also a theme uh people miss jason uh can we get jason back on aaron i not in january not in january maybe after maybe after do you even know where in the world he is i have no idea where he is yeah he's back is he in, in the area i think he's in the area yeah all right well he was I, okay last i heard he was in the virgin islands that's that's all i know um yeah <laughs> um all right I saw a couple of people mentioning Kathy Wood in the chat. Spencer, let's do a quick check in on ARKK. I think another down day. Well, yeah, tech is down, so ARKK is going to go down with it. But, yeah. Um, um, but I saw she bought SE yesterday. She bought the dip. SC? SE. Oh, SEC Limited. Yeah, she bought the dip in SE. Ouch. Oh, wait. Look at that. SE is actually up from the open. That's interesting. Anyway. Yeah, Martin, that was... Uh, yeah, Spencer not only didn't just kill SPACs attack, but like the whole industry of SPACs. If you're wondering why SPACs aren't as hot as they used to be, uh, he's your guy. I did not kill Spencer. I did not kill SPACs. Um, I would love. I, I've said it on the air. I'll say it again. I I would love to have more. Right now, we're doing very little SPACs content. I would love to have more. I just want to do it in a way that is good for everybody and fits with everyone's schedule. Um. All right, but uh, okay, so let's talk. So you just mentioned uh, Kathy Wood bought the dip in CE. I, I've got some other yeah. moves she made that I have pulled up. So okay. um, Tesla, Kathy Wood and Tesla in, in a lot of ways have become uh, synonymous with each other, right? Kathy mm -hmm. Wood essentially, yeah, she, her claim she, to fame was that, you know, she threw out that ridiculous price target on Tesla. Everyone <sighs> made fun of her. Uh, she was vindicated in the long run. She ended up being right. I think she said it yeah. was going to hit $800. That was like pre-split. It's actually at like $3,200, you know, whatever in those pre-split yeah. uh, numbers. But, uh, you know, one of the things that she famously does, that ARC famously does, is they they email out all the moves they make. So she sold more Tesla stock. Uh, the uh, ARK investment firm sold 39,000 shares worth about $45 million at the start of Monday, trading from two ARK ETFs. Uh, what, did, what did they do with that money, you ask? They used it to buy the dip and everything else. They probably. used it to buy uh, Teladoc. They used it to buy, uh, let's see. Yeah, Teladoc and Palantir were the two big ones that they allocated money Palantir. into. Palantir. 1785 go lower <laughs> um <laughs> just so i can feel better better about myself uh, okay so she bought the dip in teledoc teledoc that chart man th there are very few um charts that look as bad as this one to me it's just it looks terrible and w when, when i had covid and i was using the and i was using a telemedicine we use doximity i use doximity d-o-c-s right that chart also. Oh, uh, Jimmy in the chat. What's the Looks ETF bad. that goes against Kathy Wood? That's S A R K. You can remember that just by short arc. 
uh s-a-r-k a A lot of times the s in front of a a ticker indicates that it's a short uh you know s-q-q-q is the the short version of of q-q-q of voodoo sark is only gonna work as long as growth remains out of favor the second it remains it gets in favor sark is sark is gonna go down but yeah voodoo thank you uh i don't know which solo interview you're talking about but i appreciate it uh all feedback is always welcome i'm gonna throw our email up on a screen that you can email us for feedback we uh you know a lot of times the more constructive feedback the constructive criticism is more helpful but if you think we're doing a great job then sometimes it's nice to hear that too oh shelly says you've upped your research game i have um speaking of i've got more research more research yes crypto punks have you ever or not crypto punks the the other one board so, apes board apes yeah, yeah. okay what i did some it? research on board apes yeah you, you buy one no well i don't have enough money for that i know that's i know <laughs> they're expensive <laughs> maybe if i maybe if i do well with options this year i'll be able to buy a board ape they ain't cheap but you know who did no kanye, uh, kanye. no maybe but I that's don't... not I, i've got two names on here okay. one is a kramer who Jim Kramer. Oh, I, well, for some reason you said that. I was thinking about Kramer from Seinfeld. Was Him too. About. Yeah, he, Kramer from Seinfeld bought one, not Jim Kramer. Okay. Uh, no, I've got two guys. One's a rapper. One's a basketball player. Okay, Drake. Nope. Uh, Kevin Durant. I don't know. Nope. I, I he don't might know. have one. We'll do this all day. I don't know. What? Tell me. Steph Curry. Okay, he bought a, he bought a board ape. And Eminem. Eminem. Both acquired Bored Apes. Um, I believe Eminem changed his profile Wait, picture. Can I have a question? Oh, Ruel knew. Shout out, Ruel. Wait, can I have a question? How do we know this? Like, how do we know that they, like, did they, did they have to announce it? Right? Like, how do, how do we know? So, so I don't know so. if you see the, the latest thing on, uh, like, NFT Twitter and stuff is that people are getting upset that some people are making their, uh, like, profile yeah. picture on Twitter and NFT that they don't actually own. They're basically saying like you can only do that if you actually own that NFT. But other people are like, right. I can do whatever I want. This is the like, stupidest thing I've ever heard. There are no rules on the internet. But anyway, uh, sales of Board Eight Yacht Club NFTs have passed a billion dollars officially. Uh, so yeah, I mean, no. if, if if you're someone out there that maybe you're you you make digital art out there, and your parents are like, oh, when are you gonna get a real job? You can tell them, hey, look, this digital art has, has passed a billion dollars. Well, not I mean, digital art as a whole is way past a billion dollars but just specifically board eight yacht club uh that one uh project of nfts yeah. has passed a billion dollars so that's i mean that's significant spencer well peso my like my, my question was like i know you can see the transaction and you can see the wallet but it doesn't it's like it says on the blockchain oh i'm i'm steph curry like it doesn't say that right yeah, Ruel was right. I mean, Ruel, we could play this game all day where where you told me about something. I mean, Ruel told me about Cardano when it was at like 40 cents or something, and then I, I didn't listen to him. So I don't know, Ruel. I'm sorry. I should have listened to you. I should have bought a board at right. Yacht Club the first time you brought it up. Let, let, let's, yeah, but you can play that game all day and you'll never be happy. Dude, you so. know what's going to happen this year? No. Uh, some kid, like, back when we were 13 is going to have their bar mitzvah and spend all their bar mitzvah money on an NFT. Sure. Sure. I'm with that. Let's find out uh, how our next guest feels about NFTs. Al Lord. Um, I don't, I, I have no idea what he knows about NFTs, but maybe, maybe well, he's we'll in f- capital management. Maybe we'll find out. He, he yeah, that's true. Okay. Al Lord is the founder and CEO of Lexard capital management, a real estate firm. We're going to talk mostly about real estate, but I am curious um, as we bring Al on the show right now, Al, uh, 
Do you or do any of your children or anyone have any NFTs? I do not. I, I certainly wish I did. Uh, I wish I had bought Bitcoin in the years past, but but my kids uh, my kids own Bitcoin and they trade in and out of it, and they do have NFTs. I haven't figured it out, so I've stayed away. But I, I wish I, I wish I had owned it. Sticking with what you know, I like it. I like yeah. it. All right, Al, make the case to us for re- for the real estate sector this year, and then we can we can get narrower within that. But make the case for real estate this year. Okay, well, I think you need real estate in your portfolio as an alternative to fixed income at, at where we are in the markets. I mean, real estate has always been a piece of the overall puzzle for, for everyone's portfolios. But it's, in my opinion, it's too small of a piece that uh, at least of the major brokerage firms, everyone that recommends these balanced portfolios, they don't, they don't recommend enough real estate, but especially where we are in the markets right now, I think real estate is, is incredibly important and will continue to outperform the markets. And, And it's had a, if you look at last year alone, yeah, obviously we had another very good year in the stock market. Um, you had three years, the last three years of, of double digit growth. But um, when, if you look at what real estate did overall, real estate market was up 37%. And so that was the best year for real estate since 1995. And while, you know, you don't, you don't mind being in, in the stock market and uh, having, having, you know, 25, 26% returns, real estate beat it last year and so, i'm sorry go ahead yeah yeah so is that is that referring to just us reits what is, what is that 37% number is that what is that about yes that's that's us reits overall okay. so and that, okay. and that that includes a broader range of of reits so you know you have you have houses you have apartments and you have um apart uh, houses for rent you have yep. logistics and storage and industrial and and office so yeah that's 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 overall real estate market okay are, are there specific subsectors though that you like more than others you know commercial multifamily resident whatever yes uh, certainly uh multifamily at this point multifamily okay. has gives you great inflation protection um and it's it, it there is a shortage of housing both both single family houses and apartments and apartments are, are a safer way to play it but apartments are are set to continue its growth if if you look at, at last year alone the apartment rates were up 55% and you're still getting above average dividend yield if if you only own the apartment rates you're still beating the you know the S&P 500 uh, dividend yield and Can you give us some tickers? I'd say uh, Camden Property Trust CBT. Um, there's Mid America MAA, um, Aimco AIV. There, you know, there are there's eight or nine, but those are my my three favorites. Trying to pull up one of them right now. Uh, you said AMA, AIV, CPT. Yeah, Camden Camden Property Trust. Oh, that that's the market. It wants you to 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 pump up REITs more. The market's calling you right now. Um, here, so there, there's AIV right maybe, there. Maybe they're asking for me to to sell me more some Bitcoin. Maybe. Um, Al, do you have uh, specific um, barometers um, or gauges your your or data inputs you look at in terms of like what what makes a REIT attractive? Aside from obviously its category. 
Yeah, I mean, you want you certainly want um, to be in the proper location. And so when 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 you know, everyone jokes that real estate's about location, 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 uh, you certainly want to follow the trend of of the population growth and the population has continued to move to the southeast. You know, Texas and Florida have been the big beneficiaries of population growth, but the entire southeast and and the the losers in that have been the northeast and California. And, and so the the like the Camden property and MAA that I was just talking about there in the Southeast, that's where the growth is. That's where population continues to grow. That's where the jobs are. And that, that, that area is, is set to continue to grow. What about, you know, we talked about there being a shortage of homes right now. And that's obviously that, that's been the case, frankly, for, for probably a decade now, and it's coming home to roost. Um, what about if I don't know if this will happen, but like if the um, residential real estate market were to cool down because it's it's been so freaking hot and uh, it's frankly amazing. What if that were to cool down for a quarter or two? What, what like like what like what would that do to your real estate thesis? Yeah, well, I think a lot of home buyers out there are hoping. It does cool down for a little bit. So yes, I'm one of them. I'm hoping it cools down. <laughs> it's it's uh, but but you're right. It it's been more than a decade that that we've had a housing shortage, and it's really born out of the last great recession. You know, there was a lot of pain that was felt all around, and so since we've come out of the great recession in '09, there there has been a shortage of housing, and developers are continue continue to be risk averse. And and just not building enough houses. And then, you know, on top of all that, we obviously have what COVID and we now have the supply chain issues and, and that's making it worse. And so, you know, it, the housing market isn't going to cool down anytime soon. It, it won't continue the pace it had last year. I mean, uh, you know, you've seen across the country housing prices rise 20 to 30 percent. That's not going to happen again this year, but but housing prices will continue to rise. But yes, at some point, you know, there there will certainly be a cooling off. Uh, it won't be anytime soon. But I think, you know, the the issue for 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 right now is you need to protect yourself against inflation. You know, coming into twenty twenty one, we were looking at consumer prices that were rising one point four percent, and so. You know, the, the no one was really focused on inflation, but it obviously it, it happened. It happened quickly. The Fed said it was only transitory. They've since changed their stance. But if inflation's here and it's, it, you know, it, it's painful and it, and it hurts everybody. The, the Wharton business model shows that the inflation cost the average family $3,500 additional expenses last year. That's, you know, that's an issue. And so if you're holding... If you're holding fixed income, for instance, and you're you're yeah. getting a low yield, you're you have negative interest rates there. You know, the, given where where inflation is, and so, you know, the the ability to hold real estate will help you with that. You'll you get an above average dividend, but you're you're you know ideally the dividend is outpacing inflation, and you're getting some kind of growth. But importantly, you're going to give yourself inflation protection. So back to apartment REITs. Apartments are able to, to raise their rents as the lease expires. And so all those renters that had their, you know, had, had, 
had cut leases a year ago. Well, as they come up to to renew, those prices are, are jumping, you know, three, four, five, six, even up to 10 percent because of, of inflation. And so if you're the landlord and you're the owner of, of a REIT, you're going to be able you're going to see increasingly higher rents that are that are um, coming in the door as these leases renew. And that's that's important for your for your inflation. How, how uh, does a rising rate environment impact REITs? Yeah, very good question. And, and you know, that will be interesting because rates will rise here. And so, you know, that will have an effect on, on cap rates. What, uh, you know, the way to protect yourself, you know, so so personally, if you're doing this and, and you have you have a, your, your house or you have a vacation rental, you know, you certainly want to refinance right now before rates start to rise. There, there's been a, a, a bit of a run up here to start the year, but rates are still low by historical norms. And so you want to lock in your interest rates um, here if you can. So if you if you're an apartment re, you know, sticking with the apartment, you know, idea, uh, you know, as, as a landlord, you're able to lock in long term interest rates at very favorable numbers right here. And so if you're if you're a homeowner, your mortgage rates are about three percent. If you're if you're a, an apartment landlord, you're locking in rates now and then you're able to 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 raise your rents as you go forward. And so your biggest expense as a landlord is the mortgage. And if you're locking in rates now, you're going to have a great run as inflation increases your rents. But it will it ultimately the higher interest rates will will affect a cap rate. And so a, a spread the cap rate spread to where the 10 year treasury is, you know, may change a bit. And so that'll be interesting as it plays out. But there's still a lot of room to run before we get to to much higher rates. So the bottom line is higher rate interest rates from the Fed trickles down through the rate environment, right? And 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 does and does what to the to the performance of REITs? Well, it it, it hurts and it and it helps. And so the inflation piece of it, so the, the Fed is raising rates here only because of inflation. You know, there there's the you know there's been the, the QE, the 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 fiscal stimulus, the, the monetary stimulus here has been large. So the Fed has, has obviously stated they're going to end the bond buying. And so you know, the market expects that to happen in March. And then, they'll, and then they will raise rates only to, to cool inflation. You know, they want to, the Fed has been pumping the economy here and pumping asset prices for a long time. And they're, you know, they've been behind the market. They, they said inflation, tor- inflation was transitory. They were behind the market there. So they're going to raise rates to, to stop the inflation. Inflation, uh, as, we, as we talked about, will help your rate, help your rents. And so your, your, your revenue will be much higher due to inflation. Now, the, as rates rise and your, your, effect, your, your new borrowing costs are affected, you know, that, that, starts, to, that starts to hurt, but it, there's, there's a lagging effect. And so overall, higher inflation will help real estate. Uh, the chat just mentioned, I don't know if you're familiar with this one, but the chat just mentioned uh, ticker NYC. Are you familiar with that? The New York City REIT? Yes. Have you seen that this year? Look at that. Yeah, it's crazy. You know. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? What? What's going on? What's moving right now? Do you know what's going on here? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I wish I knew. It's it's um, 
you know, New York City is a whole different animal. And, and it, it used to be the prize possession is to say you own real estate in New York City. Uh, obviously, that's changed with COVID. It's changing a bit with crime. It's changing a bit yeah. with, with population growth. But you know, New York will always be New York. Uh, it'll, it will ultimately it will come back, but it's not, it's not a great place to be right now still. And then uh, we'll just do one, one more from the chat. Do you know CLPR? I do not know that. Clipper Realty? Okay. RM that answers your question. Does not know about CLPR. We could probably do this all day with Al. But uh, Al Lord is the founder and CEO. Know a lot of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Al Lord, founder and CEO of Lexer Capital Management. Al, appreciate the time as always. Uh, real estate does not get a lot of love, a lot of attention, but um, a valuable um, sector. A, a potential portfolio saver in a rising rate environment uh, or inflation inflationary environment, which we're in right now. So uh, thanks for the time, Al, and um, talk to you later. All right. All right. Uh, it is 1228. Here's what we're going to do in two minutes, and I'm, I'm getting a phone call right now. Sorry about that. Um, it was a Slack call. Go ahead and take it, Spencer. No, I don't want to take it. It was a Slack call. I'm not going to take it. Um, but we're going to have Weejo on the show in the next two minutes talking about data, a lot of data, and what they're going to do with that data and how they're going to use Microsoft Beautiful. for their data. So that'll be in a couple minutes from now. Um, always keeping an eye on the chat. Um, seeing what you guys are watching. Uh, let us know if you want more of like that kind of stuff, more like sector discussion, right? If you want to bring on, bring on someone who can like talk about the bull and bear case for biotech. I don't know. The bull and bear case for semis. Um, I, I just, know. I don't, I, you know, like I'm all for free yeah. market and all that stuff. But yeah. like the idea of people like buying houses as an investment and then it like drives house prices up to a point where like people like you and I who are like working and can't afford a house, like it rubs me the wrong way. I mean, um, well, okay. So that's yes. But, but one does not necessarily impact the other. Like, like, mm, no, no, like I think like BlackRock, you know, those like big firms coming in and buying up real estate certainly has an impact okay. on, on prices. You're, you're referring to like private equity firms investing in like single family homes. Well, not not even just that. I mean, it can be some real estate mogul that goes out and buys ten houses and rents them out. Yeah. So the that's a relatively new thing that's happening in the last couple of years, right? The, these these uh, people are using like sing. I feel like it's relatively new single family homes as an investment instrument where they rent them out. Um, yeah, that you know shit flows downhill. Well, right? you can and, and you, like, but I, I like I have a buddy whose family is like really really wealthy i'm not even gonna say well to do they're wealthy and the yeah. dad uh did so they're from kansas city the dad essentially bought like a bunch of single family homes in some not so nice areas of kansas city and is a, is a landlord yeah but he's like at, like the definition of like a non-predatory landlord he literally like like gives people amazing rates to the point where he's like like that's not even his real job like he like makes enough money off his real right. job and he personally like he's like he like vets these families and he's like yeah as long as they're a good family i'm gonna give them like but it's like, okay, that's the minority of landlords. Like most yeah. landlords it's, are doing it to make money. It sucks. And yeah, I mean, and there are other ways, like we just talked about through REITs, through commercial real estate uh, that you can invest in real estate. And I would just love to see people that want to invest in real estate uh, do it in those ways, as opposed to to buying homes that could otherwise be on the market and thus 
when there's greater supply on the market, yeah, uh, it brings prices down. And yeah, I mean the the um, millennial like the the home ownership percentages of like people who own homes at thirty now versus like twenty years ago is it's crazy. It's like staggering the difference yeah. of that percentage. Well, and what's interesting too is there's this like divergence because on the one hand, homes are way like monthly payments are way more affordable now than they ever have been because rates have been so low, right? Like mortgage payments. Mortgage you're payments. You're not saying rent payments. Right. Because there's a big difference. Sure. I'm, I'm talking about own mortgage. But on the other hand, the, the barrier to entry, i.e. the down payment, is so high that it it it, it sort of, you know, it, it creates this weird dynamic where like, if you're already, if you already have uh, a home, if you already have a mortgage, then you're probably doing better now than your parents were doing right when they had their mortgage uh, in terms of just like the amount of your paycheck that goes to your mortgage every month. Right. Assuming you have a home that, they, that you can afford because um, low rates makes it affordable. But the barrier to entry for people like you and me is just so much higher. There's going to have to be something has got to give, whether it's, you know, millennial, not, whether, whether it's boomers you know, selling all their homes finally that, that they, I, I don't know. I'm sure that's part of it, but like there's so many factors at play. Um, I don't know the answer. I mean, the answer is actually, the answer is obvious. The answer is we need more homes. That's the answer, but um, it's not going to happen. Right. I think the, the home builders got burned so bad in 08, 09 that they're not, they're just not going to do it. So um, I don't know. Well, Yeah. I mean, yeah. With all that being said, I mean, you like for, for someone like yourself, you should have, gotten a mortgage during the when interest rates were so low right i mean I, yeah if i was looking to buy a house like right this second which i'm like not but i'll be in the housing market in, in you know in the next couple of years i spent a lot of time on zillow and redfin just messing around right just just looking at looking at houses um well you, you can use an fha loan which is a first time homeowner home yeah, FHA, you, you know what I've actually which caps uh, the down payment at like two and a half percent. So if you're looking at a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house, your down payment's only ten grand. Yeah. Um. So the FHA loan is very, uh, it's very good. It's a very you, good thing that I don't think a lot of people know about or utilize. You, you know what I've come around on? There's this company that uh called Unison. I used to think this was not a good idea at all. Where um they will match your down payment in return for equity in your house. And I used to think that was like a terrible, like why would anyone do that? But now I'm thinking like, that's not like assuming you don't need to, uh, assuming you're not banking on your home equity to, uh, for your retirement savings, I'm assuming you have other sources of retirement savings, then that's not a terrible idea. They help you get over the barrier, the down payment barrier. And yeah, you 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 give up a nice piece of the pie. Down wait, there, right? is there a do you down the line like pay them to buy the equity back from them, or do they always own equity in the house? I don't actually know. I haven't like looked too much into it. Depot um, and never give equity. I feel like that's no, <laughs> no, no. But but again, the 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 problem here is the down. People can't afford down payments. Here we go. Okay, Je Jesse Elite, who's going to be on this show in, in here in about an hour or so, I believe. Um, yeah. It hit it right on the nose. I feel my parents weren't thinking of real estate as an income and investment. It was shelter. Yeah. Necessity. That's what I'm saying. I was saying I, I'm all for free market. I'm all for investing, all this stuff. But it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way when people are like buying homes uh, and then there's less homes on the market as an investment. Um, and he's saying, yeah, now you have 20-year-olds like buying and flipping properties. It's, it's, I don't think that used to be 
uh the it was such a you know hustle mindset like oh go watch meet kevin on youtube and we're gonna make a million dollars uh flipping properties where if you want to invest in real estate there are other ways to do it you know through the reits through commercial real estate that are multifamily uh buildings and stuff you know that you can invest in so i don't know that's just my take my personal opinion doesn't matter doesn't mean anything but um easy mike just mentioned fanny and freddie in, in the chat easy mike um i don't think he said he's long i don't think you're entitled to any um corporate profits uh fanny and freddie are, are controlled by I the was, government i was so young when that happened i thought like Fannie Mae was a person. Freddie Mac was a person, and Bernie Madoff. Like to me, they were all three. Like Fannie and Freddie are are G, they're government controlled entities, right? right. Government government sponsored entities, right? I don't think you get you're not entitled to any like revenues from those companies. So, um, yeah, you should maybe unless I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure nothing has changed on that front. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, that's just my opinion. I, I'll. I promise so, I'll always keep yeah. it real with y'all. Speak my mind, yeah. even you know. I know that might not be the most popular, uh, you know, opinion. I don't know what that would look like in terms of, of regulate. You know, I assume uh, we're never going to see that in the United States. Some sort of regulation that would cap, you know, home ownership per person. You know, something like that. That would be uh, very. Yeah, I would imagine that would not go over well. It it, it, it probably feels shitty when you put uh when you make a bid uh uh on a uh on a house and you get outbid by zillow or blackrock yeah that probably feels shitty yeah I, yeah i don't i don't know the solution the solution is i don't know <laughs> like that's probably a bad feeling to have yeah yeah the next um, pony's got it i went to school with freddie mac it was me sloan kettering and uh Johnny Hopkins. Johnny Hopkins. Johnny Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, someone asked about Weijo. Yeah, Weijo is uh, supposed to be coming on. Uh, we we have an email out. Um, no, Spencer. 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 What? It's twelve forty-five. Oh shoot. Yeah. Oh, uh, my bad. I'm off by eight minutes. Come on now. Sorry, twelve forty. I thought. What I think it's twelve thirty. I don't know. I didn't correct you earlier. Twelve forty-five. I, I figured. Oh, Spencer said it. It must be right. Um, but yeah, I, I guess not. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Oh, Jr. House in the chat. He should he should have some insight for us into this. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. There, there. I'm sure there's like some regulation that is that would be helpful, but I I, I don't know what. Well, it it's be. Uh, that's always the question, right? It's always about like how do you regulate that? How do you I implement that in policy? Because we can all agree, it doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you're on. You know, we can agree there are problems in our healthcare system with with the way insurance companies right. work, and then it's all about like okay, that how do you actually want to tackle that issue? You know, what's your tolerance for like what, uh, you know, you're willing to see in terms of, of regulation? Yeah, housing market is kind of the same way. It's it sucks. I mean, I'm I'm in a camp of getting like I'm getting screwed real bad right now because I'm getting priced out of the market. Right. Um, and, and that's what I'm saying. Is I have friends that are my age, you know, 20 mid 20s uh, that are on again on both sides uh, of the political aisle that are pissed about what's going on with the yeah, housing market yeah. right now. And it's like, okay, we can all agree on where these problems are. It's about like, how do we solve them? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I, again, that's why I said, like, I've kind of come around on the, and we'll move on, but I, I, I've come around on the idea of like, okay, I I'll give up some equity. If it means, no, don't do it. Wait, listen, what listen. Is, so, what is this? This company, this Unison company, is hoping that you default on your no, mortgage payments. No, so that they can, no, why else would they want no, equity then? No, 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 no. No. Again, 
if you're not banking on your home equity as your source of retirement, if you have other retirement savings and you're willing to give over a piece of the pie, it's not for everyone. I'm not even saying it's for me. I'm saying I'm coming around to the idea. But the company is out there. And and it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. You're trading off money down the line for for a down payment today. Maybe you leverage them to to get get a get a better house, a bigger house. I'm I'm not saying to do it. I'm just saying for some people they may want to think about it. I've sort of come around on the idea. It's definitely a trade-off. Some people are probably thinking, no, I would never. I used to be that way too. When when I heard about this company five years ago, I thought, why would I ever give up equity in my house? That was before I'm I got almost priced out of the of the of the, the housing market. So bottom line is down payment remains the biggest hurdle. For everybody. I'm just saying. Think about it. It's not for everyone. Um, anyway. Okay. Let's move on here. It's 1240. So yeah, we're going to have Weijo on in five minutes uh, to whoever asked about that. Yes. Hit that like button. Thank you, Easy Mike. Um, Mike's got a good point. He says, what do you mean by problems? Big Pharma is making money and lying in the pockets of politicians. The system is functioning <laughs> properly. <laughs> Mike. All right, we'll get, get outside. We'll get back. We'll get back <laughs> to the markets. Uh, get off politically. But my biggest problem with the healthcare system is just the fact that someone that has a job and has insurance. Okay. You, you, you want you want to hear? Still be bankrupted by healthcare charges. Okay. So you want to hear? You want to hear what happened to me? So my, myself and my fiance both got we both got COVID right a few oh, months boo-hoo. ago. Oh, boohoo! Right a few months ago. You and millions um, of others. I I have insurance. She did not because she had just started a new job. So she did not have health insurance when she had COVID. That's bullshit too. If you're like in between jobs, you should be covered. Yes, that's a separate issue. Okay. We both got the same treatment, same everything. I paid more than she With did. insurance? With insurance. I wow. paid more than she did. Wow. And I have health insurance and she didn't. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, I just read an article by... Uh... What? Yeah, that makes, that makes no, no sense. That makes no sense. I'm sure maybe, maybe there's some uh, like government... Uh, subsidized like COVID treatment stuff for people that are uninsured that maybe helped her. Or I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Somebody in the chat keeps mentioning uh, CNK. Someone in the chat also keeps oh, mentioning no. Lisa King. And someone was mentioning Lisa King in the chat yesterday. I don't know where this is coming from. If you, I'm not CNK. If you have somewhere world. that you keep seeing that Lisa King's coming on. Who is Lisa King? I think she's from BBIG. Oh, yeah. Look, you're right. I What happened? I, I, I didn't no, put I don't think she is. I didn't put oh, two together. Finko Ventures. Yeah. Guys, we're trying to get Lisa King on. They're, they're being a little bit cagey right now. But why? I'm saying, like, where are they seeing that she's coming on? Because people keep asking about it. Um, they, I don't know. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. They're trying to just w- will in, wish into existence. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Manifest. Uh, all right. Solar of Astoria, Cineworld trades OTC in the U.S., so not super liquid. Uh. And why is it up today? I don't know. It's a 50 cent stock. I, I have no idea uh, why it's up today. It's got like no volume in, in the U.S. It trades. Where's the speaking of manifest? Yeah. Where's the Netflix top 10? Uh, I got it. I got it. I'm got sharing it. it. Okay. Um, by the way, we're going to have Weejo on in like T minus two minutes. Um and I just heard from uh, Richard, and he said uh, there may be some noise in the background, but that's okay, Richard. We roll with the punches here on Benzinga. So Richard Barlow, the CEO of WeJo, he'll be on in about 
two minutes from now, we're talking about their partnership with Microsoft. Uh, what is on the screen? What is that? Oh, is this the top 10? This is the top. So these are the top 10 global movies on Netflix. Uh, wow. Don't look up 152 million hours again. So, so don't look up. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, but we talked I have about not it. yet. No spoilers, please. No spoilers. We talked about it. <laughs> no spoilers, guys. We talked about it on this show, just that this was <laughs> to me, the first Netflix movie that they really like went out and paid top dollar for all the star power, right? You got Leo DiCaprio in it. You got Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Timothy Ch- Chalamet, that you said, yes. Ariana Grande, you know, all these people that they, um, Shelly, Shall- this is a different Spider-Man. I don't believe this is the Spider-Man, uh, don't look, uh, no, no way home. Sp- is that what it's called? Homecoming is is the first one in the. Well, I know. I think she was talking about the one that's on. T- Either way, it's not the one that's in theaters. No. Um, but I would be curious. What Netflix should do is they should put a little like their logo next to the movies that are Netflix originals versus the ones that people are just watching on Netflix. Yeah. But either way, I I really do think that um, with which it's not determined now, like what the success of Don't Look Up is. But once we see what that looks like, like how many total hours were watched. I mean, that looks like a success right there on it the does. screen. One hundred fifty-two million hours viewed. All right, fine. We'll, we'll we'll deem it a success already. I think that's bullish for Netflix long term that they can say, "Hey, look, uh, this blockbuster movie, like a Leonardo DiCaprio movie, that maybe in the past would have gone to uh, Paramount or Twenty First Century Fox or Universal Studios, like some of these big legacy Hollywood studios." are now being hosted on Netflix that they're effectively uh, and Netflix producing its own content. Isn't anything new, but I don't know. I mean, give me, give me another uh, like one of these blockbuster movies that Netflix had, I guess, bird box. They had Sandra Bullock. They, they, they have a good, they've had a couple. They had uh, the Irishman uh, with Scorsese. That was on okay. Netflix. That's, so, okay. There you so, go. But this yeah. one is still the cast is far and away, like the biggest cast, uh, at least in terms of like uh, dollar amount they spent on the cast. So I think we'll see more of these. I think we'll see more of these huge blockbuster movies from Netflix. And yeah, uh, they're, they're, it, it's Netflix versus HBO versus Amazon versus Apple for content spend. Uh, that's what it comes down to. All right. Uh, let, let's talk. Let's, let's, let's bring our guest on. All right. Uh, we have Richard Barlow here uh, lurking backstage. Let's get him on the show. He's the CEO of Weijo, ticker W-E-J-O. Let's get the chart up on the screen and let's get Richard on the show. There's the chart. There's Richard. Good afternoon, sir. How is your Wednesday going? It's been good, thank you. It's been good. All right. Good. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear. I hope we don't have too much background noise, but we roll we roll with the punches nonetheless. So, um, Mr. Barlow, these the news yesterday. Uh, you announced a partnership with Microsoft. We're talking about the Weijo Neural Edge platform. Um, I'll be honest with you. I read the press release three times. There's a lot of big words in there that I didn't understand. So I- explain to me simply what what the what the uh, what the Weijo Neural Edge does. So there's an explosion of data coming from autonomous vehicles, electric vehicles, and connected vehicles. We, we're the market leader. We we process over 12 million live vehicles every day. But there's a bottleneck, and there's and at the moment the vehicles don't know when to send the data at the right in, in, the, in the right in the right volume, the right sensors coming across from the vehicle to cloud. We've developed technology within the edge of the vehicle as well as the edge of the cloud, where we've machine learned when to send data and when not to send data, and we reduce the the data overhead by up to eighty percent. So it means that now autonomous vehicles can send more of the right vi- more of the right data at the right time. 
And if there's enough data already, already being collected, then it doesn't need to send the, send the same data again. So it fundamentally reduces the, the data overhead, which therefore reduces the, the, the costs. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's huge. So how exactly does it prioritize the, the data it's taking versus the data it's not taking? Well, we've collected over 477 billion miles of data um, and 12, 12, 12 trillion data points. We see vehicles on 95% of roads every day in the US. So we've already built a huge dictionary uh, and, yeah. and, what, and what we now call a, 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 a digital twin of every city in the US. So we, we know a lot about, about the cities. We know to less than three meter accuracy, uh, the pinpoints of vehicles on roads. You know, you may recall we see 7% of vehicles, 7% of all vehicles in New York. So we've got this massive dictionary of data already built into our already built into our platform. So we machine learn when when we need more data and when we don't. So we instruct the, the vehicle in real time when that when we need more that more data to, to update our own understandings or when actually we don't need more data. So but it but it okay. guarantees at the other end when when we rebuild the data, we still have a hundred percent of the data quality. So, Richard, I was watching the Formula One show on Netflix, Drive to Survive. Uh, I know you're a, a, a big, a big racing fan, and I, I was sort of blown away at the, you know, they go out of their way to tell you just, oh, we've got so much data. It's it's we, it's constant data. It's, it's a, a deluge of data, and I was sort of like, huh, it hadn't occurred to me. I guess I didn't realize, and um. Uh, just the amount of sheer amount of data that is that is that is being used to gain an edge like on the track um, for everyone else that, you know, for normal driving, we don't need all that data. But can you explain, you know, you know, what type of data we're talking about? Why is it necessary? Why? Why should anybody really care? So uh, you don't need the data, but the most manufacturers do. So to, okay, give, to, give, you, to, 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 to give you a live example, I yeah. was driving a car. Uh, on on a track, and the CEO of of, an, of the motor manufacturer was 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 at the side of the track, and I and I said to him, "This is the data I've just pulled out of your car. The vehicle burnt through one liter of fuel, uh, sorry, one, one one liter of oil in twenty miles, and this is the engine temperature going up. Yeah. I can show you how your engine is degrading in real time, and it, it blew the CEO's mind." And at that point, he said to his engineers, we need to take that engine out. We need to see what's going on. And that's what data does. It helps OEMs fast track their, their build of new models, helps yeah. them, I refer to OEMs and most manufacturers, but is otherwise known as OEMs. So it helps them fundamentally engineer vehicles quicker, understand which parts are performing and which parts aren't performing. So they can, they can then fundamentally improve the margins in their vehicle and fundamentally then, then, then improve the, the vehicle experience for the consumer or the driver. Right. So then the, the bottom line here, and it's, it's being asked as well in our chat, is um, so you got this partnership with Microsoft. How does it translate to, to real revenue right, for Ouija? So we charge uh, motor manufacturers license fees. We, we, we mentioned um, in our business update our first substantial million-dollar contract with, with a motor manufacturer where, where, we, where we charge fees, software fees for processing their data for them. It's not just been a marketplace for data to third parties, but actually where we're taking data for the OEM and we're presenting the insights back to the OEM. We're charging significant fees. So for us, having now a platform where we can say to the motor manufacturers, "Hey, you can now add more vehicles on platform. You can you can you, you can now model through the, the data over that is, is going to be reduced over time. We'll charge you for the processing data. We'll charge you for for insights. But but fundamentally, we will reduce your engineering costs. We'll, we'll reduce your manufacturing costs. We'll, we'll reduce your, your warranty provisions by having more real time data from vehicles." Got it. And um, and then the other logical question when people hear about data and data storage is um, 
where is it? Well, obviously it's in the cloud, but like, what are you doing with it and how, how, how do you assure it's safety? So we, so we, our mantra is we, we, we say data for good, but the data for good isn't just the protection of privacy for consumers. It's also our DNA about how we protect data, how, how, how we manage consensus data, how we manage the privacy of data, how we, how, how we have the security of data. At a, at a more practical level, we've got where I said 27,001, we've got various cybersecurity credentials. We protect data. That is what we do. Commercially, our contracts with the most manufacturers is that the most manufacturers share huge amounts of data with us and they want assurances that their data isn't going to go to one of their competitors they want assurances that their data can't be accessed by 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 bad actors we protect all their data with 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 with, with our own proprietary environment running on the likes of microsoft azure so um is it a situation where like these contracts you're, that that you that you have with these automakers is it like um is it based on the amount of data that they are choosing to to give you and therefore ingest or is or like what what goes into that so there's uh there's the setup fees um okay. there's, there's there's then there's there's then ongoing fees and then there's transaction fees so as as more vehicles go on platform we we charge more on a quarterly basis so it's it's a transparent approach in in our, when we start recording reporting on our quarterly results we'll be sharing the number of licenses sold we'll be sharing live vehicles on platform we'll be sharing transactions through, through platform so you as as an investor can can model through how we're performing as a business are there other end users aside from the automakers are there other people entities that would that would want be interested and in, that you would sell this data to I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the, there's, there's a broad term of IoT, Internet of Things, which can be anything. It, you know, so where our focus is mobility, but it's not just mobility of 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 cars, vehicles, trucks. Okay. It can be micro scooters. In fact, I've I've had some amazing approaches at CES from, say, a shipping company, uh, as yeah. as an extreme example. So if there's huge volumes of data coming from a device. Um, if, if, if it enables mobility, then we see ourselves leveraging the experience we've got of processing trillions of data points, of, of working with, with great partners like Microsoft, like Palantir, and providing um, in, in incredible results in near real time back to those vendors. Is this a situation where like, the, the further we get uh, on the, down the road on aut autonomous driving, uh, just the more data there is, or, or are, are we already at a, at a point where that's, that's, that's not, not an issue? No, I mean, I mean, the, the, the one challenge with autonomous vehicles, bar, bar Tesla, is that all the incumbents have invested hugely in vehicles in specific cities. They've now learned one city. They're now going to start offering experiences in, it, in that one city. They want, to be, they want to be able to scale up nationally. They can't do that with physical vehicles. They need to be able to use a platform where you can digital twin any, any city. We're now doing that. So we're now, we're now taking the data assets we've, we've built up. We've, we, we, and we, and we, we've developed incredible insights where you can, for example, reconfigure a, a smart city and see how, 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 drive, how driverless and driven vehicles would behave if a road was, was changed in direction or was, or was moved. Um, so, the, so autonomous vehicles, electric vehicles and connected vehicles are all, are all now part of our strategy. And the fact that we can now ingest all that data, pr provide great insights, but actually provide simulated environments as well where most manufacturers can then better understand about how the vehicles will perform is, is where we see a, a big part of our growth. Got it. And so like, what exactly is the, is the nature of the, the partnership here with Microsoft for the, for the neural edge platform? Uh, they're, they're providing the cloud. Yes. Yeah, so right? they're, they're, they're providing a hybrid, uh, hybrid environment for us. 
Um, and they're and they're, they're also been incredibly supportive as a partner where where, where we're going hand to hand to present our combined proposition to 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 the to industry and we're we're getting incredible take up. So Microsoft is our preferred cloud partner, but it's it's a much deeper relationship than that. Um, we started by using them as a pure cloud environment for storage of data and ingesting of data from connected vehicles. We've now we've 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 now developed a, a broad a much broader product offering that, that's now targeted for autonomous vehicles, electric vehicles, and connected vehicles. And we're now working with them to actually show to industry we can fundamentally reduce the data overhead and provide and still provide near real-time results of, of the data ingested from vehicles. Would there ever be a situation where like as a driver there was data available that is useful to me in some way shape or form or is this really we're talking about we're talking about data that would make cars safer no i mean i was sat in a vehicle yesterday at ces where you where where, where you where where a blockchain was used to to pay for parking and and, and that involved the vehicle sharing the location sharing time in, in the parking space uh, and, and enabling a transaction with with a merchant for the for the, for the payment of that parking time. So data fundamentally, and where and where the most manufacturers are most focused is yes, that they they, they they will improve the product, the manufacturing, but they want to provide great experiences to end consumers. So ultimately, why we say data for good is that we first of all think about the driver, the consumer of the vehicle. Right. Um, one of the things I'm thinking about, or I always think about when I hear your company, and you're relatively new to the public markets, um, and we talk about data, as I think about who you, who, like the sandbox you're in and who you're competing with. And I, I would imagine it would mostly come down to like Google and as like a, a main competitor, yeah? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's various cloud companies out there, you know, they're, they're, those are my competitors. There's various, um, there's various supply software, software vendors in the, in the supply chain of software of the vehicle. Um, who who will have visibility of data, but actually they're they're not this they're not competitors per se. It is the cloud sure. vendors. It's it's the capability of processing data. Okay, and so what is the timeline look like right now? Obviously, the you know the news yesterday was it was a was a major catalyst. Um, what what is the timeline going forward for the coming weeks and months as far as uh, deal flow and, and news flow that we can expect out of out of WeJo? So we're we're going to continue um, supplying reg, reg, regular news of our partnerships. Uh, we, we, we're going to we, we're going to inform the market of our results at the, when, when we issue our 10K. Um, we have an interesting year ahead. Um, we, as you as you noted, we are now seven weeks into the public markets, and we are here to keep informing the market about what we do and, have, and having solid news flow. Richard Barlow, the CEO of WeJo, joining us today on Benzinga Live. Richard, uh, a pleasure to have you on. Um, very nice room you're in, by the way. Uh, very, very nice pictures on the wall. Um, and, and the last thing, wait, I, I, I thought I saw that you're a, you're a big Formula One fan. Is that right? I am. Yep. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I was. I, I was the one person happy that that it wasn't Lewis Hamilton again this year. I, I, I okay. I was going to ask you, do you have a, like like a favorite team or, or, or driver? Yeah, my my uh, my team's McLaren. Uh, that, that's who I support. But uh, I I was yeah. pleased it, it wasn't a uh, with, with with the change of regulations next year. I pleased that I was pleased that Mercedes didn't didn't get another an, an, yeah. another 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 trophy yeah. this year. All right, all right, Richard. A pleasure. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks a lot. You too. Thank you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right. Yeah, I think a lot of people were uh, were happy that it wasn't only with Hamilton for the gajillionth year in a row. Good job um, on that one, Spencer. I do my best. I, I, it's hard to focus when you've got Jason Rasnick in the chat telling people that, that I should wear a tie. I don't want to wear a tie. I agree. I think you'd look real spiffy. I think you'd look suave. And I also like can never seem to tie it correctly on the first try. It always takes me two tries. Also, Igor, we'll we'll get Kathy back on for you. Don't worry, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk to Kathy. I, I have a feeling she's not doing many media appearances right now, but uh, down the road, I haven't actually haven't seen her. Yeah, she usually does something on like CNBC or Yahoo. Like I haven't a, seen her for a hot minute. Weeks. Um, I haven't seen her for a couple of months. All right, y'all, coming up, we've got our man Nick Shaheen joining us. So if you're into options you gotta stick around for nick shaheen he's got his very own product on uh benzinga pro which is just an awesome inner circle uh i'm in there all the time looking at which options nick trades and uh he, he he's teaching me he's teaching me he's learning me a couple things about options spencer he's learning you that's that's good it's good to be learned yeah exactly yeah all right well, let's so check, wait, before before we bring nick on yeah. i want nick to see this too yeah i'll pull up my uh our bet real quick on Abbott. <laughs> Voodoo, I appreciate the, the effort. It, it 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 was in vain, but I appreciate the effort. I'm trying to get us some free lunch. Those uh oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, my options are up forty four percent overnight on Abbott. Again, the thesis Please here was, sell. was keep it simple. People are buying the at home COVID tests. Who makes the at home COVID tests? That's Abbott. I'm not overthinking things anymore. I'm just going out, acting, doing. Went out, bought the, bought the options. They're up. Uh, let's bring Nick Shahid on, see what he thinks about that. I wonder. Let's get him on. Is he here. ready? Well, let's go. Yeah, he's ready. He's here. Thumbs up or Nick something. Nick Shahid is the author of the Benzinga Options Inner Circle. By the way, you should check that out. I'll put the link on the screen in the chat. Nick, what's up? What is up? Uh, this my tie. Since uh, you got flack for wearing a tie, I just put on my ruler as a tie. Wait, so. wait, wait, wait. Let's see. Oh, he's ruler. They're very nice. Cool. Okay. Sorry. Back back to Robin Hood. Back to uh, the, uh, AB's Robin Hood screen here. So we have Aaron's uh, uh, Abbott option that expires when? I don't even know. Tomorrow? Uh, no, Friday? they're the monthly. Oh, the uh, 21st. 21st. It right there. Cool. Don't look at the dollar amount. Just look at the percentage. I mean, 43%. That's like a year. I, I could do that once a year and be good, Nick, right? <laughs> well, if it pays your bills, sure. But if it doesn't, it's just a scoreboard. So, um, Abbott, uh, from a chart perspective, it should start seeing resistance as it approaches 138. All right, and, I'll sell them. I, I just and, said that. Yeah, but I, I, <laughs> Nick says it. Well, if you look left on the chart, you can see that it was significant on January 3rd, 137 and a quarter. They bounced off of it and failed completely at 140. And then they uh, went all the way down to wherever they went and they bounced. And now they're coming back to that uh, January 3rd, 137 point three or so so it's and that has been uh in play before so um you know pivotal zones like this tend to be resistance on the way up and support on the way down so if, if you want to stay long just know that if it dips too far 
and retest the neckline, then you 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 risk triggering a head and shoulders. You want me to share my screen? Oh Show yes, please. The, yeah, okay. let's get the Robin Hood. Uh, the, let's get AB's account. I'll, I'll, so 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 Nick, I know you're not going to tell me what to do, but yeah, I'll tell you what you to were, do. If if you were me, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what to do. All right. Should I sell? Where, should I sell the call? Shut up, Aaron. That's what, that's what you do. Where, <laughs> where, where is? Oh, share a screen. I was like, I'm clicking. It's yeah. not coming up. Yeah, uh, yeah share a screen. Wait, so I'm sorry, Aaron. Finish your thought. I um, was just gonna say, if Nick were me and he had this Abbott call, he said he thinks Abbott's gonna run into resistance. So would you sell it? Yes. Yeah, so I'll tell you. Right. Well, depends on the time frame. What? When does it expire? Yours? Uh, January twenty first. Not next Friday, but the following right, right. Friday. Right, right. So the, the January contract. And and yeah. how much, um, what level you bought? Uh, the strike price is, yeah. where do I see it? Well, 139. Okay, no, I would not hang on to it because that's pretty high up there. So time right. will be extreme it's, enemy it's for gone. you. It's sold. So, so here's what I would do. I would take the profits, and if you still want it to stay long, I would change the, the risk profile to be not time dependent. In fact, let time work for you by selling put spreads below. So, um, I, so I said this is a, a a line you need to pay attention to because that was this guy, right? And then there's another one you need to pay attention to if you you're worried about it losing footing. So if it loses this area, uh, chances are you're going to um, have some downside scenario, something that looks like this. This looks like a head and shoulders if you draw it that way. <clears throat> Close enough to where losing this neckline would get me out for sure. Um, if I'm long up here, I'm not comfortable. If I'm long here, maybe. So if you were long lower, then you could sell this week's call against it. So uh, yesterday we did that in, in the live session. By the way, it's going on right now. Uh, so uh, yesterday we had a firm on the bottom and it was a huge win just in a matter of minutes and somebody that bought a call could have immediately turned around and sell a call against it for this week and locked their profits and this morning the call they sold for this week dies in their favor almost immediately okay. so you can turn your long call into a call calendar or a call diagonal but you so you bought it way up there that's too far up there so next time when you buy a call don't go that cheap don't don't go for the cheap op the contracts you're saying no, no because you are literally putting yourself at a disadvantage unless you on purpose are buying lottery tickets that have very little odds. so if you're buying a call with a delta that's under 0.25 uh, you're giving your opponent the person that sold you that call the advantage because there is another person on the other end or so I'll, I'll be real with you Nick so I I have my like what I do for my real investing and, and whatnot, and then what I do just for kind of lotto YOLO for fun. And that's the, the the lotto YOLO for fun. That's what I'm buying cheap contracts that I think, okay, I think this stock. <laughs> so so how about this? Let's say let's say you can still do it. So let's say you spend three hundred dollars on it. I'm just throwing out a number, uh, doing three contracts or or five or three hundred dollars doing five contracts. I would rather risk three hundred dollars doing one contract, much lower. You're gonna okay. make you're gonna make money with better odds, risking the same amount of money. Okay, I like that. All right, I'll I'll, I'll talk with you off air. We'll we'll get my strategy down. Uh, well, down pat. well, why not do it on air? Well, we can, but I, I see some good <laughs> questions in the chat. I see some so so the, here's the here's a real lot of way of doing something when you're confident of the level and confident that it's not going to break down, confident of the support. I would sell a put spread that brings in credits and then buy a call or a call spread. 
then you're long with the least amount of money out of pocket. Of course, now you're creating two levels you can lose at. But um, if the goal is to not spend a lot of money and have some sort of a quote, lottery ticket, that would be the cheapest one. Yeah. And, and OK, so so we've got some good questions in the chat. Uh, I see Jason from San Diego wants to know how how does he hedge his Tesla position? So let's just say hypothetically, what is I don't my know, Tesla? Tesla is 30% of his portfolio. <laughs> hypothetically so, speaking. Let's say hypothetically, it's 30% of his portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's well, too how, much. That's so how would you, well, well, that notwithstanding, how would you hedge a, a Tesla long? Yeah. Well, I would sell a covered calls. Sell I, would sell, Tesla. I would sell covered calls if I have enough shares uh, all day long. So, so this, need, was the need... this was the Tesla trade we did this week. Well, I, I charted. That that those lines I drew ahead of time, right from around here. I said Tesla is running into resistance. It may dip a little bit, come back, fight for that level, and take off. They didn't dip. They just went up and fought for the level and then took off. So Tesla is doing exactly what it should be doing from a technical perspective. And today, by the way, good job being long Tesla from a fundamental basis. The person asking, I think it was Jason. So we were chatting it up, and I pulled up fundamentals on Ford, GM. I was sick of hearing about Ford. Uh, so I said, okay, so Ford and GM create about 140 uh, billion in revenues. Tesla is about 48. Um, yeah. Tesla creates, I forget the number now, shoot, 12, 13 billion in gross profits. Uh, Ford and GM, just barely more. Just tell me which is a better car company. Uh, so people who still short Tesla based on what Bob Lutz used to say on CNBC are missing the picture. This is a completely different company. So how do you hedge it? You can sell covered calls. And if you're really worried about downside, you use some of that money to buy put spreads or puts temporarily. Okay, yeah. I think he said that he, he bought some puts but didn't do great on the puts. Well, uh, the puts are down. So do you need how many shares? You need 100 shares to sell you need one covered shares. call? This is E-Trade practice platform. I'm not recommending it, but it's a good practice platform and it's a good demonstrator. So uh, when does Tesla report? Uh, probably next. in a couple weeks. Pro uh, pro pro probably in three weeks. Let me check my Benzinga Pro. If I had to guess, I'm going to okay. throw a date out there. I'm going to guess January 23rd. I okay, don't know. So, so late January. No, that's, find a, out that's, here, a, actually. That, that's a Sunday. Out. I'm going to guess the 27th. 126. You're right. Late January. So, I was off by day. 126. I was off by day. How'd you so know, that, Spencer? I, so that doesn't leave a lot of room to sell calls without taking exposure. So what I would do is I would sell calls no later than January 22nd or go all the way out to like April or May too. And I'll show you. Uh, we'll, we'll use January 22nd. Uh, so if, if I'm looking, look, I have a sold call here for some reason. This is a practice platform. I don't know why. Um, so 58 and 50. So the straddle meaning the market makers based on the pricing today with 16 days to go and the VIX being where it is, they're expecting about $120, $130 of move up or down. So if I'm buying a lottery ticket in Tesla call or put that is farther than that from current price, odds are I'm going to lose. That's the idea of, of you know getting the plus or minus expected move. So what I would need to do if I was Jason, I would sell a call above that range then the odds in my favor. So whatever, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> so what, what is, uh, uh, do the math for me. So 100, what did I say, 120, so 1,250. Yeah. So what's going on? Something's 12, happening. 1,250 would be your strike price? Okay, so 1,250 would be something I would sell confidently. What? 
Right. Holy and so if you crap. have 500, if you have 500 shares of Tesla, then you can do five of five. these contracts. Five. Yeah. So if you have 500 shares, you can do five. I'm, I'm but, not sure we're trying to hedge the whole damn position here, but all right. Right. But check it out. They'll pay you $1,500 per contract if you sell the 1280 call. And that does not include earnings. So if you well, want, wait, can we, can we see what the, what's the expected move here? Just out of curiosity, uh, 120, I just gave you a number. And what, yeah, what, the expected move you can get by adding calls and puts at the same place. Right. So the right. straddle is your expected move. So if you assume quote, market makers are making markets, they're selling everything to make the markets. Right. So if they sell the straddle, they don't expect to lose money on purpose. So they don't expect to move bigger than the straddle. $130 in either direction. Yeah. yeah. Is okay. that what you read somewhere? And I was asking. So, oh, yes. There, thereabouts. <laughs> yes. So, if okay, I do so this, if I one, sell 1000 to, to 1260 is our, is our expected range based on their earnings. Yeah. So, if I sell this one at 1315, I went way above 1260. If, if they're worried about, oh my gosh, I cannot lose my shares and go to here, then you, you, you can still participate long, so to speak to um, 1315 plus another 11, because after that is where you stop being long because you own shares, they'll force you to sell them here, but you collected this much. So that's your quote break even. This is a situation where there's no losing if your entry point in the stock is below. This is a, okay, I won't participate much further than that. And if you're a person that cannot sell their stock, do not sell covered calls. And you think you are until you get faced with it and you see this one at 50 and you go, oh my gosh. And then you get panicked and, uh, and, and then you buy it back and you lose money on, no. The, if you cannot see your calls get away from you, your shares, uh, don't do it. And by the way, you can do this if you own calls. You don't have to own shares. So if you own calls in Tesla out in time, you can sell covered calls against them now. It's called a calendar or a diagonal. Now they call it something fancy like a poor man's covered call because it rolls right off the tongue. Poor man's covered call. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being facetious here. Uh, so yeah, call calendars work. Same thing. You own a call out in time. If you can afford to buy a call out here for $182, you can sell calls like $10 at a time every week, like we just said. And then by the time, you know, 160 take... So that would lower your entry cost every time you sell a call and it expires worthless. So it's like a buy right strategy. You've heard that buy right. You buy shares and you, you quote, write contracts against them. Basically, you sell contracts against them. This is the same thing. So if I if I buy if I buy one of these and I can meet I can immediately sell uh, this week, uh, this week's or, or let's go with the one we just know by heart. But we chose um, this one. Right, and uh, thirteen whatever, thirteen fifteen. So basically, and if I go one, um, <clears throat> the price of one eighty one we must have chosen uh, January. There we go. So see, remember that eleven number. So this yep. cost one eighty one, but now I'm only paying one seventy one because I'm collecting that eleven from this guy. So this does not make me short Tesla. This makes me long Tesla at a discount. So what happens? If I pull the trigger, it's going to cost me 170 times 100. That's how much that thing will cost. But tomorrow, if Tesla drops a little bit, this leg loses much faster than this one. And I'll show you mathematically how that works. Look, yeah. today, Tesla is down 1% and a half. These are down 6%. 
right? If you go to January's contract, they're down 16% because of time. Time affects these guys much faster than the one out in time that's uh, in June. So this is a way to get long today. But hey, if tomorrow something went wrong, you're not dead because this one is going to lose much faster than that one. And you'll be okay. You say, you know what? I'm going to close the whole thing. And then you're not damaged. So that's a, a, a diagonal. That because you buy this one, if I had beep, 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 if I had sold one at the same level, it would be called a call calendar. This way, it's a call diagonal. All right, Nick, let's move on from Tesla here, and let's get to some other ones. Uh, any other trades that you've made recently you have on your radar right now? Yes. Um, Affirm, yesterday was a good um, – um, it fell 15% on no news. I think the rehash of some lawsuit blah, 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 about some securities, something that doesn't have to do with this operation. So Affirm, we nailed an entry point, and I don't know what it's doing right now. Uh, I said I should book it. So it is – uh, if you go to maybe 10 minutes, you'll see it. Uh, so the, we, we, we got in somewhere here. We got this, and it was a big payout intraday. If you use options, it's a really big payout. And so now we have two opportunities. Uh, to We're basing on a bad day. Uh, I would stay long a firm if I didn't book my profits. And down 15% on a rehash on a headline, I think, uh, is an opportunity. Let me take out my drawings and go to a daily and see perspective. So look, it, yeah, it does have some more of the gap, but this is not a necessary gap to fill because of this level. That's my own interpretation of gaps. You can argue that it has many head and shoulders and it's still not done falling. Long-term, it's a decent entry. Today's CRM was a good win for a couple people in. Um, so it's falling on a downgrade from somebody to neutral, UBS downgraded to neutral. Yeah. That's a great reason to... Uh, you know, not capitulate. The only problem is that technically this looks like a head and shoulders was with this target down here. So if I get long CRM, I don't buy calls. Affirm, I bought calls. With with CRM, I would sell puts into fear. And I believe the person that brought it to my attention sold puts under 200. And so they collected a credit and then the stock moved up six, six bucks off the lows. And now it's reverting back to the lows. So I would prefer to sell put spreads. So I don't need a rally to win. That would be step one. And then when I find stabilization and a technical reason to actually expect upside, I would buy a call or a call spread. A similar scenario with another stock. I'm drawing a blank who also got downgraded today. Sorry. Uh, um, there was a bunch. It's it's on here. So if you, it's on here. One of these. CRM and Roku. 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 That was, yes. was going to say. <laughs> okay. So Roku, uh, th those are live windows, by the way. If you become a member, you too will be spending the day with me live. I'm sharing my screen lives all day. Uh, that's new, by the way. And uh, it's first two days were two big wins back to back. So Roku, <laughs> similar setup, but not quite. Uh, it's been down on its lug because it's, it's Kathy stock, so to speak. Uh, it, it's inside the ARK-K. If you look in the top 10 ARK-K holdings, uh, they're the great companies they're just hated right now. It's like they're gunning for her or something. It's weird. Uh, that includes pretty good companies in there. So now, Roku, you have two lines to worry about. This guy right there and this guy. And anything ping pong in between should be limit. So I can get long Roku against that and stop out or stop out against that. Depends on how fast. 
I have a note to myself to look for longs and it's pretty darn close. So when I hang up with you, I'm going to be looking for longs. To go long Roku, I would sell a put to own shares. Or if I can't, I would sell a put spread. Again, I don't need a rally to win. I just need it to stabilize. And then when I find that it's actually, I have a reason technically to expect upside, I would add calls or call spreads or shares in order to uh, capitalize on the upside move. Otherwise, I don't buy and hope for a rebound. I buy into a support. So if, if I can buy shares or calls, I can say, okay, it's falling into this level, then I'm okay with that. Because then, and, right? Because then, because then you know you have your out. Right. If if that level fails, then you know I should be out. Otherwise, you're just hoping for the best. So I say it: no trigger, no trade. And TNT, yeah. put it on the sticker. I may have said it on your show before. It's really silly. Hey, make it one of your uh, what do you call that? New Year's resolution: no trigger, no trade, and always set a stop loss. Always. So whenever you get in, set a target exit and a target uh, in a good way. Like, okay, if I gets to here, I should start booking 15% or more. Uh, if, if it, it And uh, set a stop, say either an amount of money. Like if I lose X dollars or X percent, or if the stock loses that level, I'd be out. So um, this way you avoid those, oh, I bought a call and now, now it's down 50%. Then you leave that scenario to only like a big, uh, whoosh down. So like, don't chase. Like this morning, somebody came to me, BYND. I said, do not get long uh, the pop in the morning. Wait for it to fill the gap back down. And it didn't fill the gap and then some. So yeah. clearly that whoever bought it here, what did they not do, Spence? Uh, a lot of things, Nick. Uh, no, set a stop one, loss. Well, no, well, one no, thing. they could have set a stop one loss. One thing. One thing. They, they probably didn't scroll left. They didn't look left. Yes, I did give you a hint. I did this. They did not look left. Ding, I ding, would ding, never go long a stock at a place where it had an accident. You just bailed these people out. Thank you, Thank you for that. What, what was that? Is that was Rodrigo Aaron. here? No, that was <laughs> I wish. We should get Rodrigo on soon to talk about so you, whoever bought this here, they bailed yeah. these people out. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, so next time it comes here, wait for them to breach it and uh, chase it. Technically, it would run up to above here after it breaches and closes. A-L-L, always look left. We're just oh, gonna make I like that. A-L-L, I, I almost typed A-L-L. What ticker is that? <laughs> always <laughs> look left. No, yeah, no, yeah, no I like trigger, it. no trade. All right, Nick, what are some good What are some good setups you like right now on the long side? I'm looking to, I, I just sold my Abbott call. CRM, CRM and Roku are good knives to catch. Uh, long setup, I'm going to bet on the beatdown market of the small caps. And I'll tell you why. This is a... Um, a strategy decision for the whole market. So this is a weekly chart on the small caps coming up. Come on, trading view. There we go. All these lines are just alerts for me, so ignore them. Um, so the S&P closed the year at an all-time high, is breaking records right now. They can't go far if this one is in correction territory. So we need this one above 230. So they then all markets can participate upside. So if you turn off the news, Nobody should be shorting stocks because whatever is going on in the companies is delivering excellent P&Ls. However, Friday, I'm going to give you a caveat on Friday. I'm going to tell you, look back at uh, February 5th, 
2018, uh, we got a jobs report that was too hot. Freak people out, thanks to Art Cashin on CNBC to call people out. They told us that if the TNX hit 3%, the earth is going to stop rotating. And of course, it hit 3% and we were fine, but the stock market corrected the first time. They repeated the same thing in April, early April, jobs report, same deal. It hit 3.22. They said if it hits 3.25, that's it. Well, the TNX now is 1.7, 1.68 and rising. I think if we get a jobs report, look for two data points on that. Um, unemployment lower than last month, which is 4.2. And that's the important part. Also strong participation or not weak participation. If you get these two, I think stocks should freak out badly. We, uh, well, uh, according yeah. to the, the rhetoric, because it's good news for the economy. But then it's, it gives you the impression that the Fed needs to be aggressive in, in yeah. rate hikes and such. I think the Fed will not be aggressive in rate hikes. So I will buy the dip if it comes. Got it. All right. I'm just catching up with the chat right here, seeing if we've got any other tickers that we want to look at while well, we've got Nick here. Again, the link is in the chat to Nick's Benzinga Options newsletter. So uh, a couple of things saying- about that. It's not just a newsletter. It's not a trade alert. I promise you it's a learning experiment. Uh, so these people here, I have 180 right now um, in the room. Uh, and we're not only chatting, and we have three tabs of six windows each. The whole market, now they're f- they're looking at these screens right now. So they're figuring out what the hell's going on? Why is he pumping, jumping back and forth? So this is do this, do that at this level, intraday setups. And we have rarely had losses there because it's just like an active trader's perspective. But the the amount of learning we do here is tremendous. And then setups that I write up almost every day with 15 minute videos, I do share setups, trade setups, but it's not a trade alert service. You can use it that way, but I think the education piece is the more important one. Uh, plus, you guys offer a money-back guarantee, I, I, I would imagine. You still do. We've been working together 10 years, 11 years. Correct. And, yeah, yeah. Correct. You've got a two-week free trial on Benzinga Pro. If you buy the options newsletter, you know, you're know you not going to want to cancel it. We'll just say that because it'll right. pay for itself. Right. It's so my quickly. job to keep you on. It's my job. And I, to I love – that's my favorite part about it, Nick, is that inner options chat circle we have in Benzinga Pro because anytime I'm looking at opening an options contract, I can just throw it in there, and people will tell me very quickly – uh, why they love it or why they hate it. And a lot of times it can help me, you know, guide my decisions. I, I, I make some good trades sometimes, but it's always good to get the input of, you know, right. some, and, and some people how, that have been doing it longer than yourself. What, what's it worth to you to pop into the chat and say, Nick, I have this trade. I'm stuck. What do I do? Or I have this win. How do I manage it? Uh, we're doing this all day, every day. I'm literally stuck to my chair all day. Um, and my watch keeps saying, get up and move. So, it's um, it's a lot of work for on, on my end, but I'm seeing tangible results from the 180 people that are in here. They've become so much better traders. 179 now. Somebody got Yeah, I, I, I agree <laughs> that that's, that's the biggest value, Dick, because there's no other you know room you're going to get that in where you can uh, have access to you. You know, I'm not going to say 24-7, but you know, through all, all, all market hours. That I'm, I've, answered, trade, I've answered questions. Um, off hours last night. I guarantee S- SA in the chat's asking what room we talking about. So when you get the, the options newsletter from Nick, you get included into uh, an inner circle options chat in Benzinga Pro, uh, which again, to me, that's my favorite part about the product. Yep. It adds a lot of value to me. So, And the um, gang in there is pretty good. So sometimes I'm if I'm away from my PC and somebody asks something after hours, 
I can guarantee you somebody will jump in and answer. Yeah, I saw that. Here's the link for it. Oh, and by the way, Sundays, Sundays we do a two-hour webinar free in the morning uh, charting uh, tickers. And usually it's uh, 100 to 130, I think 135 tickers two weeks ago. Um, and I provide a spreadsheet with links to all and comments every Sunday. Um, it's a lot of work for me. I promise you the money you pay to get in, I don't know how much it is. It's you get your money's worth in, in a week. But, you know, it's almost like if I was if I was pricing it for myself, it, it would be nowhere near close to the deals you get here. So uh, the money is not if you're a serious trader that wants to go from being a home gamer to having pro level habits, you owe it to yourself to take a peek. Um, you know, you, you can't make it free to try because when I try something free, I did it with Symbolic. Great platform. They opened it up for me for free for two weeks. I didn't do anything with it. Had they made me pay for it, I would have used it. Like uh, pay for it and then we'll cancel before it kicks in. Uh, I would have tried it, but it was free. I wasn't um, engaged. Yeah. <laughs> so I had nothing to lose, so to speak. And now I'm, I didn't use it. it. Expired two weeks and I didn't use it. Yep. And I just dropped that link in the chat. Again, it's on the screen. But if you go to the chat, you'll be able to click the link. Uh, that's the premium options newsletter again. And then you get access to that chat circle in benzinga pro so if you if you if you're like me and you know you're learning how to trade options and you want someone like nick who's an expert and to be able to ask questions how do i hedge against you know my tesla possession all uh position all this uh this is really the best place to do it so there are some people uh trading roku right now so i'm updating for them they're looking for an entry point i know somebody sold some puts here but they're out in time so they're not worried about it I'm looking to get off here and share a trade setup for Roku, just catching the falling knife. And it's more than a trade, more of a trade than an investment. Now, um, so we're looking for uh, them. When do they stop selling pops? Because that's what the machines are doing now. They're selling pops until the mode of selling pops is over. Um, so this is where you have to know what comes next. So is this a viable thing? Not yet, because they've been selling pops. So you want to see them beat a level that is significant intraday to say, okay, now I'm comfortable believing these pops here, maybe. So that's what goes on all day. All right. The link again is in chat. It's in the description. Wait, we've got we've got Nick for two more minutes, and I see uh, Microsoft in the chat. So if we've got time, Nick, let's do Microsoft real quick. Sorry, Spencer. Okay. That's okay. I just looked at it. Somebody asked me in the chat room. So it is falling into support. Uh, weekly is not going to tell us much. Let's go to 240 and reset. So you can see how it's falling into support. So it's not an easy short here if you're looking to short it. If you're looking to get long, you can. But know that you know I can make the assumption that support will hold should the market hold. But if it trips below this one, uh, caution, I would get out because I'm pretty sure I will have the opportunity to re-engage long here. And that would be an excellent place to start looking for long. So if it's a, if you treat every trade like it's the end of the world, um, look for longs. I'm doing homework too. I'm not wasting time. So uh, this should be stop out, re-engage. Not every trade works out. Let me see my lines. Am I consistent? Okay. So it is a zone, supportive loss, new leg lower. And then I have a buy the dip opportunity just below that. This would fill the gap. I'm not a gap kind of guy, but markets are. People chase them. So you have support. Now that becomes uh, resistance. We're updating 
so you have support below, resistance above. If you buy it, buy it and you get a pop and the pop goes into 331 and above, I would exit or lock. So if you bought a call, sell a call above it. And that's a pretty good trick that yesterday I shared. So somebody yesterday bought the bottom in a firm, bought a call, and then a firm rallied. They could sell a call above it and get a credit overall. So then they own a debit call spread, debit, debit call spread, which is bullish trade, for which they got paid to be long. And that rarely happens, which means the worst case scenario is a credit. And the best case scenario is that credit plus $4. It was a $4 white spread. And That's how you, you want, lock profits. If you want this all day, all up in your screen, in your computer, in your brain, check out the <laughs> link. Description, chat. It's even on the screen right now. There it is. Benzinga.com slash premium. Oh, did you see what's behind me? Yeah, you got your banner. Last night, yesterday. I was like, what is that big box? You got your banner, finally. <laughs> Representing. Excellent. I All should right. probably take the gun off, off the wall over there. Probably. Uh, yeah, out. maybe. No, we didn't even notice it. Until oh, now. now you don't. Until now. <laughs> no, no, everybody's looking at it. All right. It's a toy. Nick. Thank you for coming on. As always, it's a pleasure to have you. Again, you want more, Nick? You know where to find it. I'll drop that link in the chat one more time. Give it a try. Like Nick said, you got no reason not to. All right. You got money Thanks, back. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. See you, Nick. Hey, all right. Before we bring on uh, Jesse, Shelly, uh was reminding me in the chat it's been it's it's, it's been a hot second since we've done a guess that chart segment oh so, um, let's go i've got right, if you guys I, i've got a chart queued up ready right, to guess if you, if you guys are new here guess the chart it's like back in the day when you used to watch cartoons on saturday mornings and you would see the guess that pokemon this is that but it's the stock version so we're gonna we're gonna throw a chart up there without the are we gonna have the price access or no no price no access, price access to start. no ticker all you got are the lines. What chart is this? First this is, one to get it gets a free piece of swag. Some Benzinga swag. Benzinga swag from the swag store. Uh, we will bring the prices up at some point, but uh, this is a one-year chart of this stock. Uh, one-year daily chart. Uh, we'll give it a minute, and then after a minute or so, oh, it's not Tesla. Um, it's not a terrible guess, but it's not Tesla. It does kind of look like Tesla's chart. It's not a bad guess, but it's not Tesla. I will. It is definitely not Ford. No, because Ford would Ford would be way higher than those previous highs. Um, oh come on, Michael. Space. No, come on, Michael. It, okay, it's not space. Can you can you can we get a hint? Can we get a sector? Um, would that give it away? Can, can we get a sector? Um, or how about this? Value versus growth. I, more towards the value end. What sector would this be? Like, uh, am I allowed to guess, Spencer? I don't know what it is. Full uh, it's not a HubSpot. It's not. It's not. Uh, NUE Apple not Gym. What, what? What sector would would you call this? Would you call this an industrial? I'm honestly not even sure. Home Depot. Okay, no, it's not Home Depot. It's not Caterpillar. Okay, uh, I think that's enough guesses. Let's bring up the price axis. Make it a little a little bit easier here. Okay, hold on. There we go. Ooh, two seventeen. Let's make it go back. There we go. Um, make it maybe that'll help. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Alibaba, no. X, no. Uh, here, I, I'll be honest. I'm not. I was I'm, thinking Walmart, but Walmart's like one fifty, so it's not Walmart. Costco's a good guess. Call me now. Costco's a good guess. It is not Costco, but that's a good guess. Boeing. We've already done Boeing on the guess the chart. I actually got that one. 
Deer, good, not, not, not a bad guess. So I'm seeing a lot of Boeings. Nope, nope. Um, the stock is in the S&P 500. We have a winner. Hey. UPS. Let's zoom out. Is it UPS? United Parcel Service. UPS. I didn't know that's what UPS stands for. The more you learn. The I, more you learn. Uh, Chod, Chodgi? Ch I, I don't know. Chodgi? Chodgi. <laughs> no <said> idea. <laughs> That is. <laughs> Send us an Chachi. email. Shows at Benzinga.com. We'll get you your swag out to you. Chaji. Shows at Benzinga.com. Email us. It's in the chat. You have won some free swag. Congratulations. Oh, you won a couple weeks ago? Did we do this two weeks ago? I don't even remember. I don't know. Did Choji, did we already send you some swag? If not, email us. We'll get All you right. some out. All right. Let's bring on Jesse Kaler. Let's get his thoughts on things. Jesse, what up, man? Hey, what's up, everybody? How are you? How are we doing? Put on the tie for Jason. <laughs> Just to spruce yeah, it up. I, I, I don't, we don't wear ties to work over here. Maybe maybe we, we have to start now that we have new owners. I don't know. But, um, uh oh, I lost your camera. Oh. Uh, I can't see the tie. Uh-oh. There we go. All right, we're back. Yeah, I have a glare, and I tried to move a little, and it we had a little mess up there, so. Uh no, Proton. I think I think I think Chaji had you by a second there in the chat. But anyway, Jesse. Um, do you do you want to uh do you want to share your screen? What what is uh, what, what what's on your radar right now? Oh, but I don't, you seem like you have a hot take to my uh my my talking about uh Unison and, and home equity earlier. You 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 seem like you were fired up about that. Maybe you weren't. I don't know. You mean um talking about the. Like the way our parents were buying houses and things like that when I said that. Yeah, earlier. yeah. I said I'd be willing to give up some equity in turn for a down some help on the down payment. Mm. Not I don't know. Okay. Um, I feel like down payment is definitely a struggle for most people. I agree with you there. And um I I don't know, I'm kind of mixed on that. That's a hard one. I'd have to think on what I'd have to All see right. which which way would affect me more, but um All right, let's bring up your charts here. We Oh, we got Ford. Yeah, I just want to talk a quick, just for a second about Ford, because we had in our, uh, you know, we have the Discord server that everyone can jump into and take a look at. But we had a member that started, you know, with um, significant losses. We're talking, you know, for some people, you know, 30,000, things like that. And then he since then, in about a year, he's, we've talked about the this same person and we've talked about um the move all the way since April, even with you guys on the show, that we took the Ford uh, covered call approach where we were buying mm -hmm. the hundreds of shares or buy a thousand shares, whatever your price target is, and then uh, your um, your account availability would be, and then writing covered calls to support that trade. And if you would have done that in April, you were talking about $12. And so a $1,200 investment would have been, you know, now you're, we're all the way up in 24 to 50. So you would double your money. And while you were doing that, each one of these candles represents a week, you're making money on the covered calls that expired worthless. And as soon as they were to, let's say that they break past your selling, um, like let's say you were buying at $12 and you were selling the 14s. Well, once it goes to 14 and initiates, well, you can take that $2 profit and you make you gain the premium. And you're going to be able to just rebuy the shares again if you catch a, maybe a, a dip, which you can see it gave you opportunities as it went up. It definitely gave you an opportunity, slowed down, and then they started buying it back up again. So you had these weeks where you could 
make money. And you're talking, if you look at the right now, especially on a day like today, if you see how the, these happen, one, two, three, one, two, three, and then you're looking at, okay, the premium on these calls is going to be exaggerated now. And now you can make some money by selling these and you don't have to hold them all the way through. So I, I wanted to kind of touch base on what Nick was saying and how you can protect yourself. But also I would say you would want to go in with a process of, am I writing the calls? Am I selling these to protect myself or am I selling them to wait out the expiration to collect the premium? Or am I just going to take a, a trade on it? And you, cause you can sell them and then close them before the expiration as well, if you're already in the profit. So there's got to be, you know, a reasoning in your head of why am I entering the trade and where am I, what am I trying to do with this? So it, it's just, it, this was just a good moment that I wanted to touch base on because now everyone in the group's like, well, what do we do now with it? How do we mean, how do you, yeah, well, get, yeah. Getting in is always the easy part, right? It's getting out, getting out. That's the problem. Yeah. Cause some people are like, well, what if I get out and it's at 26? Well then sell $26 strike calls, put a stop loss in place. That would be a less loss if it was to retract back down than what your profit would be on the calls that would expire profitable for you. So if you're going to make $400 in profit from the calls that you sold, well, you want to give yourself some type of risk ratio, in my opinion, that would be like a one to two to the downside for your remainder of your position. That way you're not taking a lot too much of a loss if the stock goes down to 22 and you're only making 400 bucks in options, but you lose two grand. That's not a good trade. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we're in, we're in Ford. All right. And then Bank of America is one also that we been another strong performer taking positions in um, on the pullbacks, it, but it's at another level here where this is a, a potential breakout area. If it can get out and get above 50, then you might, you, you might see another few bucks out of them and might see bank of America at the end of the year, in my opinion, in the sub mid fifties, like 53, 55 in that area. I, that's where I think they're headed. Um, and if obviously they break down, then you have a risk all the way down to 44. If you're looking at the chart, if it's not obvious to you, then use these fun little tools that you have on most of your platforms where you can say, okay, if I was to get in right here, where's my risk? It's all the way down here, in my opinion, all the way back down. There. So you have three points, 3.82. So basically four points to the downside. And you have the, ri the risk is going, or your profit is going up above 50 if where it's set on mine. So um, I don't know. It's just, it's just one that if you're looking to get into the banks, we like that. We talked about ITUB the other day. I thought you were like, never heard of this one. Hey, look, we got that little 50, 60 cent bounce that you want, that we wanted. When I said, Hey, if you buy into three forties, three forties, three forties, then you get, you get a little bump, but it didn't do exactly what we wanted. We were hoping to get a 50% retracement from the yeah. 555. So that's one that we'll be watching. If you're interested in some cheap stocks that, have been getting yeah, beat there up. was someone in the chat of the, was, was it alan i forget who was asking about rap a lot can you look at rap here r a w r w r a p right that's rap. yeah ew uh looks like that itub chart um you're at technical support for a long-term uh, entry if you go down to the 30 minutes here and just kind of see ugh, it's choppy there i don't know what the volume that you're looking for but the volume is nothing there there's nothing there so i wouldn't trade this stock okay. yeah i don't like 
if, okay. if, if the charts look like this when you pull them up, in my opinion, yeah, it's a red flag. Um, but just because not enough liquidity, not enough volume. Yeah, can't I? I don't want to play around in that pool. All right, uh, what about WTFC Wintrust Financial? Great ticker, WTFC. This uh, one all, is that, is that an all time high? No, yeah, no, it's close. Wow, it's close to an all time high. Still liquidity issue, but I mean, yeah, you're right. Hundred dollars looks like the area that you maybe uh, possibly. Enter a short position um, is what I see, but um, if it breaks past, you'd want to have a tight stop loss, and then it might continue to keep running. But I look at this chart and see a short position, okay? Because you're getting ready to hit these tops here. You've and ma- you've and, and the, the, the stop would be at would it be 100. right above a hundred? Yeah, yeah, right above a hundred. Um. Oh wow. Yeah, whoever just called that out in the chat, uh, Christian Adobe. Wow, down almost six percent again today. Ooh, Adobe's had a rough start to the year. Growth had a rough start to the year, but look at Adobe. You know, I can actually say that our company and uh, we we don't we're not using it. We canceled our um, Adobe. We had the full package worth you know everything you could dream of for any type of creator in the world with the animation yeah. and all that. We got rid of it. It was just too expensive wow. and. There's, there's other alter. There are other alternatives that are gonna that you can pretty much you get the same, same job done, or it's even cheaper just to pay someone else to do it on Fiverr than it is to have a team. I mean, frankly, we we use Canva. Canva, right? yeah, that Canva's great. It's fantastic. It's freaking great. It does a lot for you. It makes it very user friendly. It's, it's cheap. Quick. It's affordable. It's like ten bucks, and you can add like team members for a couple bucks extra. Um, so. Free plug for Canva. If you get out there and join Canva, um, but car, this is one that I was talking about in the group, and I'm surprised it's holding up here. I know the market's helping, but uh, Carnival Cruise Lines. All I've been seeing is nothing but negative, negative, negative on the yeah, cruise lines. And yet the stock, if if you, and yet the stock seems to not care, right? It I mean, look, well, yeah, I thought that it was going to just get smacked this week because of all the negative headlines. I had friends that were on vacation on a cruise that went on a honeymoon that got COVID right when they came home, they had COVID. They were talking about how they they're ready to board members for the next cruise. As the people are coming off, they're they're reloading the, the ship without any time frame between for cleaning. It seems like, so I don't know. It just seemed like it was just going to be an easy short and it was not, they were up a dollar, I think um, yeah. on Monday. And then, They've kind of trickled that that back down, but they're not just. It's not an easy short. It hasn't been an easy short, but that's what I'll be. I I still think that there that when you look at Carnival Cruise Lines this time next year, it's I I believe it's not going to be any significantly higher than it is in this if than it is now, and I believe it's going to be less. I think it's going to be under twenty, but we'll see. Anything on the uh, in the group? Mm, Let's pull up what Adobe. is what is this one? Uh, that's not a ticker, so never mind. I'm not gonna, we're not going to talk about that. I did talk uh, about Meta in the chat, and I don't know if you've looked into what their investments, um, what their their holdings are. No, uh, but not recently, at least. At their top ten. Let me pull it up. I know Nvidia, Apple, 
So it's NVIDIA, Roblox, Microsoft, Unity Software, Meta Platforms, Inc., Amazon, Apple, Qualcomm, and Tencent Holdings, Taiwan Semiconductor. So these are all names uh, that we know. Uh, the average percentage change since they were, were in them are, is over 400%. So it's one that I, I'm looking to continue to hold for a long time and continue to buy more on these dips. Uh, I had a 5% dip recently. So this is, if you can see on the chart here, 1450s might be a good area um, to start getting in with the tight stop loss. If you're one of those people that are doing it as a trade here, but if you're wanting to gather some shares, 1450, and then you got $14 down here and then, you know, anything under that, then you might just say, Hey, this isn't working out. But, oh, wait, out of curiosity, cause just, I, I don't have looked at it. Like, you know, how can you pull up a, an intraday? Just like how, how liquid, how much volume is in, is in, and, and by the way, this is meta. This is the ETF. This is not Facebook. This is, this is meta, the, the ETF, but anyway. Okay. So, it, all right. It, 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 it can, it's got potential. True. Yeah. Um, right. there's, there, um, net holdings that they had went from 38 million in quarter one of 2021 um to or sorry quarter two and then the quarter three it went up to 148 million so they've gained 110 million in one quarter yeah so i'd like to see what that net the next quarter results show that they're you know how much are they really growing all right what about what about pinterest here Pins. Uh, someone who's in the chat, business mogul T is asking about Pinterest. So, oh, man, Pinterest was something. Let's look at it as like a social. What it is? So let's see if how many people in here, you know, if you're listening, think to yourself, how many conversations do you have about Pinterest if it's not the stock pins? You know, are you, uh, are I, you, I, don't, I don't think you and I are the target audience for Pinterest, but uh, but my wife isn't either. She's on Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff that's getting yeah. more, yeah, more and more. You know, people aren't. I don't. I feel like Pinterest is maybe like a forties and up more than it is even like a twenties and thirties. Um, that glare. Maybe I, in but, theory, I should be on Pinterest a lot more now because I'm like planning a wedding. But it, you know, we we don't talk about it to answer your point. So no. Not really. Yeah, I'm just I just don't see and and where are they making money? Just the advertising, or is there a subscription for it? I don't even know if there's a. There's got to be some subscription, but I I would assume mostly ads. Yeah, and it's like can you can get most of that information on YouTube or on other areas where people are blogging and talking about things that they're doing? And God, that glare is killing me. I'm gonna move over a little bit. There we go. Here we go. I'm out of that glare. You can still see me, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we got you. All right. Sorry. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I just, as a trading standpoint, I'm not interested in pens. I just, just, I don't know. It's, okay. it's fallen from 3850 down to 33. You, you're going into oversold territory, finding a level of some support. It didn't try to make, it didn't break that low of 3250. I'd hang out and watch for that 3250. Um, $34 okay, so to the upside. So. Same story here. I mean, software is just brutalized here. Someone asked about Teams and HubSpot. I guess you could try to find some support, but like, why would you even bother trying to catch a, a, a fall? These are falling knives. These right. are, and yes, can you say they're oversold? Sure. I maybe maybe the RSI says they're oversold. I have no idea. But like, why even bother? 
trying to catch a falling knife on HubSpot or on teams. It's just been, if you're in it for a long term, you're being it for the long term, but for a trade I, on the long side, I just, I can't see it. Now, here's a chart that looks like something that I would say X, you know, this is one that you might want to start looking into buying on some pullbacks because if you bought on every pullback over, let's look up the last right here, you're looking at $22 was a four, good area to start buying. If you can tell there, it just hit there every time, bounce back, bounce back. It's on its way up again. You might have, you know, uh, another top coming in here and it's on its way back down to 22 if it doesn't break out above 28 but this has been a great performing stock so, sometimes it really is just as simple as finding the sectors and the industries that are in favor yeah, and, and in. sometimes believing in what's going to be around in 10 years is a big thing i tell most friends family anybody if they go what do you think about this stock i go do you think they'll be here 10 years from now do you think that you'll use their products or do you already use them are you are they profitable what do you know about them why are you wanting to trade them these are the things why do you want to invest your money in there is it because you heard about it on tiktok or is it because you believe that you know amazon's going to be still producing at a high quality and 10 years from now you're going to still be using amazon.com for these things or are you still going to use facebook apple netflix uh, are there, are there going to be bigger dogs out there? Are you still going to use Shopify? What are you going to use? You know, that's the big um, question. There, there's a, there's a theory about that. I forget what it's called, but it's like companies that have been around for the last 50 years. Uh, basically it, it's like the longer you've been around, the greater the likelihood that you will still be around. Right. So like companies that have been around for 50 years Disney. are like almost guaranteed, not, not, all the way but almost guaranteed to be around for the next 50 years right it's just that's just there's some study research behind that right just longevity leads to more longevity it's kind, it's kind of obvious but like well, well yeah and it's almost to the point of you're saying okay that name is familiar so therefore i trust it why do i trust it because it's been around for 50 years do i trust that it's going to be around for 50 more years it all sounds logical if you say this company's been out for a year i don't really trust it. I don't know if they're going to be around. I have all these concerns. They're new. It's a lot of money. These are the, you know, this is what you're worried about. This is what you say to yourself. And then you got to tell yourself what kind of risk are you trying to put on here? And yeah, is this money that you're okay with losing? And if you are, then go into those speculative companies. And I tell people, I think that's a great way to diversify yourself. Put yourself, if you want to pick 10 companies, put yourself in five um, companies that you believe in and five companies that you think have some high potential over the next 15, 10 years that that could do something in this sec. Maybe it's a, a metaverse play or a, um, a semiconductor play, or mm. you're even trying to get into some of the, the pharmaceutical companies because you think that there's going to be more and more COVID-19 like situations happening in the future. Um, Speaking of that, I don't know, just curious. Have you ever heard on your radio station in the chat? Please help me out if you have to. No, I, I'm, I'll stop you right there. No, because you listen I haven't listened to the radio in God knows how long. Well, if if you have you heard, if anyone in chat has heard this, but I've heard, been having um, on a radio local radio station, it'll come out and say go to um, ready.gov and it's a commercial that telling you what if you were cut off from communication with your family do you have a plan do you have a um uh, like a backup plan for a massive uh, event global event or 
whether it's pandemic or like, you know, losing you know, like an EMP loss of power or something like that. And it, it says it's backed up by the, um, it'll say at the end, you know, backed up by federal, our federal safety um, okay. program, whatnot. But it's just something that I have never heard in my life that said, hey, are you ready for a, a, a tragic event? You can get onto a government website and learn more and buy packages of being safe. And just this kind of stuff. I, I mean, really I, I, it may, you, may, you probably heard that because of what happened in Virginia over the weekend or uh, Monday with, in DC where there is the people stuck on the highway overnight. Um, but um, I don't know. I've never heard of that before, but now that, now that you uh, mentioned it, I would definitely check it out because seeing that traffic jam, seeing people stuck on I-95 I- for uh, 25 hours. It's a good idea to have some emergencies. Get makes you it makes you uh, want to stop at that gas station before it hits E, doesn't it? <laughs> it makes yeah, you oh, make I'm sure so you and I'm so guilty of that. I I will I will proudly ride until it says two miles to empty, one mile. To, I, I I that's a thing. That's a game I play with myself. Right, Jesse, I got a couple of charts I want to look at real quick. If you got three more minutes, I got it all the time in the world. Because we got to wrap up at two. Yeah. So we're going to let you go at like so 157. Oh, and we have the Fed minutes. Yeah. If anyone cares, I don't care personally. Yeah, Pull you up the so socks. I really not. don't. No, you do. I really don't care. No, you kind of care. I don't. What? Charts. Oh, what charts? Uh, Marathon Oil. Mara. MRO. 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 So. Hmm. Do I believe in oil coming back um, or do I believe in uh, the energy sector? Me, I won't give my opinion on that, but I will look at the chart here. Let's see. So 1411 to the current position, the current, since we put in a new high, this would be where I would look for a 50% retracement for entry. So I would try to get in somewhere around the 16 50s if it was to pull back and give us a chance if it if it makes 1650 it's it's actual fit new move then i would say that you're you're set like you might get a pull back to this candle here and get into 17 areas in the low 17s and before it moves back up and tries to take out that high um you don't have you broke past here so this is a good sign in my opinion so i would want to look over and say what's what's to come like what's from i like to look at previous data and on this one it's make it's all is it an all new high looks like it since any time that would make any sense to me so you're breaking out to all new highs don't short stocks making all too high all new highs um this may be something that you just buy on this on those pullbacks wait it's making new all-time highs you said I, it's making them on any on as far back as i would normally go let me go never mind i see so back, back i guess back in 2018 monthly. it was at 23 dollars a share yeah, since relevance, I mean, to me, I'm not going to go back and look all, all the right. way to. I I just thought the chart looked strong. I'm like you. I don't. I like. I have my stocks that I buy long term, um, and there are certainly no oil stocks in that uh, category of stocks that I like long term. But uh, as a trade, I, I'll trade anything. You know, I so um, then this one was on my radar, and we'll we'll just we'll, we'll just. Wrap so, that today, and we'll we'll do more next week. So you can sell you sell the uh, five dollars out of the money, and sell the five dollars out of the money on both ends, and just straddle that and play it both ways. Make some. Wait, money. you want me to straddle? So you're saying if you're straddling something, you don't think it's going to move a lot? I think it's going right? to stay between twenty three and ten dollars. So on this one, it's a big range. So you'd want to go 
to, to if you're playing like a weekly uh eduardo marathon oil corporation ticker m r o mary rodrigo uh oscar. oliver oscar oliver yeah it's, i don't know if the, i don't know if the 15 dollar puts are making any money or the 20 no they calls. probably are not they're too much out of the money but uh um, i don't know so, i don't know if you would garner much pre- premium with that spread but i'll, I'll I, take a look at it i like I don't it think i mean, would either all right, I, but, I take your word for it. I liked it a little bit on the upside in the short term, but if you're telling me not, so I like much, Gush. Okay, just play the whole entire thing. Play the. Uh, the this is the producer uh, the disclosure where play. I let you know that this is a leverage ETF, and you do not trade leverage ETFs if you do not know what you're doing. Yeah, not a long yeah. term, but this is a trade if you're going to be doing your options trading because you're going to get some premium out of these bad boys. This is, but it's more like a Tesla. Or a Moderna when you're playing those higher premiums that are going to cost you a lot of money to play. But um, right. looks like my time's up. You guys, uh, see you guys next Wednesday possibly. Let me know, and um, if you guys Catch can, you next week, tell everybody jump in, grab my link, get into the Discord with us, and you can chat with me just like Nick. And- yeah, the link should be in the description, right? Uh, oh, that was me. That was you, man. Did you put it there, Jesse? Drop the link in the chat for us. Real Demotion fast. one demerit. SMH. One demerit. That's, that's minus five points for Gryffindor and 10 <laughs> points for Aaron. See ya. J- uh, Jesse, put the link in the chat for us. Thank you very much. Yep, I will. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, hey, it's 159, T minus one minute till the five minutes, but we got to wrap it up here. We got the roadmap coming up live, guys. <laughs> what, what is going to happen to NFTs in 2022? That is my question. I don't know the answer, but the guys on the roadmap. They do know the answer. So if you want to know what is to come this year in NFT land, tune into the roadmap, roadmap coming up next on youtube.com slash Benzinga, also available via Twitter spaces. Uh, Chris, Maz, doing their thing, talking all things NFTs. Um, check it out. This video will end and redirect straight to that stream. Uh, thanks to our guests today. Thanks to all of them. Thanks to Jesse. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Mr. Nick. Know why I called him that? Uh, Nick Jaheen, thanks to Richard Barlow, and thanks to uh, Al Lord. Thanks to all of you in our chat. Hit that like button. How many likes do we have? Thanks to everyone uh, for their participation today. But we're not at the amount of likes that I want to be at. Daniel, are you talking about the football club, Chelsea? I hope so. Uh, Lukaku said he's coming back, so that's good. All right, it's two o'clock. That's a wrap. Hit the like and uh, roadmap live next. Aaron and I will catch you tomorrow. Peace. How do we end this is show? Is the redirect set? Redirect is set because I said it. Beautiful. Actually, no, I didn't, but I checked. It is set. Have it going, everyone. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge. 
boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.